Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 241. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Bang a ring. Carter's here too. Yeah. He's so enthusiastic. I'm bringing bring the energy that I feel today. Yes. Spreading the CR21 from coast to coast. I know. He's the host. Well, where he the lives, he, he can get coast to coast in you know a few hours drive, essentially. Well, I know, well, no, because I'm pretty central, so I have to go back and then back the other. That's, that's, hey, it's this, fine. This, this is annoying. You can still do I it mean, in one day. It's not uh, like I mean, yeah, but can I be Pete, asked? If, <laughs> if Connor was a wrestler, his nickname would be the Infection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So here's a, here's a funny thing, actually, is that. We are recording this a day earlier than we normally do. We're recording this on yep. uh, Friday night slash afternoon, depending on what time zone we're in, versus the Saturday morning slash afternoon that we often do it in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and that shouldn't have been a matter this week because solicits were last week. So, you know, solicits usually come out on Friday. Uh, but there was some huge news that just dropped. So we'll get to that in a minute. We just It just happened to drop right before we started recording, luckily. It's literally like... Two or three hours ago, uh, this news dropped. So we can we can uh, talk about it, uh, thankfully. But uh, coming up, books wise, that's a DC Comics podcast, of course. We get together, we talk about the books that came out and that we read. Uh, we got the Future State, the next Batman issue four. We got Future State, Superman Worlds of War issue two. Future State, Immortal Wonder Woman issue two. Future State, Nightwing issue two. Future State, Catwoman issue two. Uh, and then we also have Batman Catwoman issue three as uh, is sort of the one non future state book this week. And then Connor's got a Patreon book to catch up on uh, with Patreon Sever. Sorry. I, in my notes, I've got Patreon in front of it. So I was just reading it without thinking about it. <laughs> Severed issue four is the book that he's going to be talking about. Uh, <laughs> my wife wants this. Connor's book is called Patriot something. Uh, <laughs> so that's the comics that we'll be talking about uh, later in the show. Uh, so look forward to that. But yeah, we do actually have some news. Uh, just out of nowhere, DC dropped 11 titles. Now, there's not a lot of information to go with them, but I'm sure we'll speculate here in a second as to exactly what they are and the context of what some of them might be. But I'll read out what these 11 titles that are all debuting sometime, at least at the time of writing, in 2021. So this was a presentation to comic book retailers at the annual Comics Pro event, and they announced 11 new titles. Uh, the first one is Deathstroke Inc. I'll read them all first, then we can go back and work through them and give thoughts. I'll just I'll list them off just now. So Deathstroke Inc., Harley Quinn animated series sequel. I assume that's a working title. Uh, Matt's dealing with uh, with doggos and a door, and he's, he's, oh, he's, oh, he's, he's left the room. Oh, I mean, very exciting. On that title, I suspect it will still just be Harley Quinn the animated series. Um, they'll just drop the word sequel, but... Yeah, the rest of that sounds about right. Well, that's what I mean. They're not going to just put the word sequel at the end of it. Yeah, it's it's in line with the other digital sequels, which, you know, they dropped a couple more of this week, or announced a couple more of this week. All right, that's bad. You can stop killing time by boring me with Harley Quinn stuff. Uh, I was going to talk about other books then. <laughs> my bad. Something happened. My dogs are barking. I don't know what they're barking about. Might be a ghost. I'm not sure. It's probably but, a ghost. It's probably a ghost. It probably, I mean, right? It, that's the most logical. I can tell yeah. you what, there's not somebody living in my walls like the boy. See, I, I'm a bigger fan of uh, Hider in the House starring Gary Busey where he hides in the attic of a house and he literally lives behind a wall in that movie. It's great. Yeah. 
That's like the boy. Two, two ends of the scale. Hydra in the house and Parasite. Yeah. <laughs> is, I, you know what, I think I think Parasite took a lot from Hayden in the house. Uh, Gary Busey's performance inspired that that Gary. Oscar-winning film. <laughs> so um, many apologies for that. Uh, last thing I heard was Harley Quinn yes. sequel series. By the way, I paused. Which, I paused. I paused the list when you left. Good, so we good. Could, could continue that, on. That's something I'm interested in. Uh, so but, yeah, we'll get back to it. Yeah, I want to win 80th anniversary title. So I assume that means a special. Uh, I would mm-hmm. guess. Uh, Elseworld. Uh, just. That we'll get to that. DC Vampires, Robin and Batman, Joker, a puzzle box, The Legend of Batman, Crush and Lobo, uh, Nubia and the Amazons, and DC Middle Ages. That's a wacky list of books. I mean, it's not I like. I suspect some of them are digital first as well. Yeah, pro- so, probably are. Probably are. Um,. I think the one that sticks out to me the most there is DC Vampires, uh, just because I, I, not that I think Tom Taylor's going to rate it, but it definitely feels like a spiritual kind of, oh, we did we did the zombies one, so now we're going to do vampires. You know, for DC werewolves. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wonder if it's going to be just like, like you say there, like deceased but vampires instead of zombies, or if it's going to be more along the lines of like traditional eye vampire stuff and kind of going along from that. Oh yeah, just random well, I say random. Yeah, like it's two, also described as a working title. The, the, so. two, the two or three vampire characters that exist in DC <laughs> and given them yeah. a, a miniseries or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that could be a thing. Uh, Robin and Batman, do we have any thoughts on what that could be? And specifically putting it that way around? It's not Damien. Uh, I would put money on that. Okay. I think it's, uh, it's one of those uh, where they can tell any Robin. Right? So being the fact that it's like, there can be a Dick Grayson story, one issue, and then a Tim Drake. Uh, you you think this Tim... is one of those digital first ones, yeah. maybe? Yeah. Yep, yep. Because that makes sense, because why else would put the, you put the emphasis on Robin over Batman? Mm-hmm. I mean, besides being me. like. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wonder if it's... I mean, just going with that swapping around Robins, it could be like that Future State Gotham book, where it'll just be, yeah. Yeah, here's an arc with this Robin, here's yeah. an arc with that yeah, Robin. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, though. The specific specificity of the title makes it feel mm-hmm. like they're trying to make a statement about whoever the Robin is. So I'm going to guess it's not an anthology and it's like try to set up either a new Robin or really do a spotlight on one of the particular Robins. It could be a case of who's, you know, how we had like, you know, uh, you know, battle for the cowl, whatever it was called mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that, but for Robin, uh, as to who's going to be the next oh, yeah. Robin. Cause it's, there's, let's be honest, there's a handful of contenders that we could throw out as, oh, they could probably be Robin, you know, right now. Yeah. Um, and with Damien seemingly turning their back on it. Yeah, who, who do you have? You got Duke, you got Harper, you got... Uh, I mean, hell, even Clownhurt could somehow flip into a Robin if they really wanted yeah, to. Yeah, but they all have their own unique things already. It kind of would hurt them to make them a Robin. Like, I know Duke had VR Robin, which was... you know, Right, you, you, you say think? that, but is it so different from Stephanie Brown going from spoiler to Robin? Right, and then she died, and that was the most, you know, well, little, defining you know, thing about her until she became Batgirl. You know. Yeah, but likewise, Batgirl was also her taking a mantle that was pre-established that wasn't spoiler. Right, but there wasn't already, you know, there was two. It's not the same, like. And there's like I five Robins. <laughs> yeah. It's a mantle that's passed on. I don't know. I mean, I, I could I be feel like they've wrong. done. Yeah, no, but I feel like they've done too much work with like Duke as the signal. I mean, maybe Harper, uh, but that's fair. There's already, I mean, you know, Harper, there's already Bluebird. 
That's Har- a waste. Harper, I see more than Duke, just because Harper, yeah. I feel like... Well, she's getting a little bit of a spotlight because Tyrion's put her in this Joker story. Yeah. Uh, She's otherwise been kind of absent for a while, so I could, you know, if they try to, like, re-establish her, I suppose. And given that Tynan is spearheading the Gotham line right now, yeah. mm-hmm. maybe him including, you know, Harper in that book is, you know, just kind of, right, let's get her back in the world ready for this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Joker, a puzzle box... Uh, sounds like a black label book to me. Sounds like the follow up for uh, Lemire and Sorrentino. I don't know if it's a follow up to that, but it sounds like that type of book. It sounds like that yeah, type yeah, of book. Yeah, it I mean. definitely does. Yeah. yeah, which is the only reason that I didn't immediately write it off. Or it's a crossover with Hellraiser. <laughs> I'll I'll buy the show of that. Yeah, I bet you will. Yeah. I, there, there is a moment that, I, granted, I've never seen the Hellraiser movies because they've always uh, just the images scared me as a kid. Um. But there's an image in Batman Catwoman when we get there that was very Hellraiser uh, this week. Um, so. Pete disagrees, apparently. Yes. I don't know, I mean, I'll well, he's until... seen them, so he would know better. Yeah, I'll wait until he tells me what he thinks is Hellraiser ask, and then I'll see if I agree. <laughs> but yeah. that's a spring it was to me. Vault. Uh, there's no hooks or chains. I don't know. I wouldn't say so. <laughs> no, but being stuffed inside a vault all contorted like i don't know i, <laughs> I mean <laughs> i don't know what to tell you <laughs> sounds more no, sore okay. than hellraiser just from the description there uh yeah um so yeah so joker was i see sort of premium black label but i mean again i could be this could be a digital first for all we know but at least no, but we should mention this is a retailer event because I, I, I can already sense a comment saying why are, are you suggesting eh, these are digital first because they reprint them all anyway so it's still possible yeah, that uh, digital first. Like we, we've just had you know last week a bunch announced yes that they didn't announce until they were ready for solicits and you know the print solicits and that's then it. it's like okay they're digital first that said i do think there is some sort of logic though after those announcements to give the retailers at a retailer of a focused event a bunch of things that aren't digital first. I do get the logic of that too. Yeah. There is a reason to suggest that well, maybe none of these are digital first. Maybe a handful are, but I, I think the majority are still probably well, standard print books. Like Deathstroke Inc. definitely feels like a something like that they would print before digital first. You yeah, know what I mean? D- like, Deathstroke Inc. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting one. Do you think that's going to be dealing with the entire family that was set up uh, in the right? last Deathstroke book? I think so. Or just whatever he's up to now, it's almost like. You know, yeah. I almost think of like a franchising of Deathstroke when I hear Deathstroke Inc. I, I would love it to literally be Deathstroke looking at Batman Inc. and going, I can do better than that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and because that's kind of Slade in a nutshell. Yeah. No, you're you're not wrong. Yeah, I so. can see that. Uh, uh, Legend of Batman. Uh, that's that's going to go either way because this sounds exactly like a digital first title, title wise. But it also could easily just be anything. <laughs> I actually think it's not a digital first one for this because they just uh, did, uh, I think it was Legends of the Dark Knight, uh, is coming back yeah. as a digital. So I think they've already got their, in their weekly slate of digital books, you know, one a day, they've already got their, you know, Batman yeah. one. That I don't think they need this. Blue Sky, I would like this to be like, um, not necessarily black and white, but different creators coming on and telling a story from the point of view of someone that's not in the Bat family. Do you mean Pie in the Sky, yeah. Matt? No, blue sky, meaning like open, open world, completely. You know, you never heard that term, blue sky. No, <laughs> it means like wide, wide idea, like anything goes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, like point of view, kind of like the Marvels where you're getting the average person's view of the, the Marvel heroes, but like uh, average people in Gotham. Or oh, sure. Course, I would quite or, like it to you know? be, you know what we've just been having in uh, Superman, uh, you know, uh, World of War? Yeah. Kind of like, you know, with that, you know, they're telling the stories of, yeah, like of a, Superman. Yeah, yeah. I'm many about character, your human characters in Gotham. Mm. Well, I say human, but, you know, regular average people yeah. in Gotham telling stories yeah. about yeah, Batman. Yeah, not, not within the Bat family, but, like, you know, the, the guy that owns the donut shop at the cop <laughs> stop. You know, like... Yeah, no, that gives you a lot of free reign to go really over the top with yeah. what you're doing as Batman, because it's like, well, this is someone's interpretation. You know, it's the, it's right. the legend of Batman, you know, rather right. than actually being a a real story yeah mm-hmm. uh crush and lobo i suspect is the one that, that all yeah. of us don't care about as uh, the most is I that, guess. that's at the bottom of this Thompson list book? Is, is that who was doing the titans uh was, i mean that makes it easy to know. ignore because i think the worst case yeah. scenario is that this is gets a team that we actually love and it's like oh i guess we have to pay attention and care <laughs> yeah lobo has entered that. like so with like with red hood i'm kind of beyond like the uh, it's red hood I feel like Lobo has taken that spot in for my energy where I just like, especially after that, that metal tie-in, I hated that book. I was probably the worst metal tie-in. Like, so. But I don't, I don't have that strong feelings about Lobo either way. I'm just like, oh, I guess there's a Lobo thing. Whereas Crush, I, 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 I've got like an extra bit of indifference of not caring because like I tried the one book where they were introduced and it was like terrible and I'm like okay I don't want any more from this character now aye true um <laughs> sorry I'm reading the translation so- someone posted a meme on the discord and uh, okay. th- said it was about me but it was in Spanish and I'm like translate it for me please I was trying to read the trans- translation no, no Robbie Thompson I don't want to slander somebody not that that's a Adam slander but... I mean Robert, Robbie Glass Thompson introduced yeah, Robbie Crash, Thompson so. and Adam Glass are kind of the same in me in the sense that they're, they're two names I equally see and go, oh, well. And it's not, yeah. it's not, it's not the same as, like, yeah. GRGR. It's not the same as, like, no. one of those names. It's just like a... No. Uh, it just exists. It's like a yeah. strong indifference rather yeah. than yeah. hatred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, so, yeah, Christian and Lobo. Um, we got Nubia in the Amazons. Uh, I'm not surprised that Nubia is getting some more. T- I mean, obviously the 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 graphic novel for kids or teens is coming out. Yeah, it's advertised yeah. in the books this week even. Uh, but it makes sense that they've set her up in these backups uh, again, and they want this. So this makes sense. This will at least be a six issue mini, I think. Uh, if not, I, more. I, I'd have thought so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, DC Middle Ages, that could be, I mean, if I say DC Vampires, it's just a book about some vampires rather than here's the DC version of a vampire apocalypse. DC Middle Ages may be more of an all-encompassing, here's DC, but in the Middle Ages. Yeah, I think the, or, the dream scenario for me and Matt here is this is a spiritual sequel to Demon Knights. Which is <laughs> even more recent, the Endless Winter team, you know? No, that like, works too, yeah. You know, that type of thing. But you could do a Demon Knights vibe with that too, you know? Yeah, definitely. But, uh, yeah. E- either way, I'm I'm here for it. Like, you know, yeah. That's yeah. time Viking times, the Middle Ages. Yeah, Holy. definitely. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I could see potentially. I could also, I could see this being. I guess what my main jump to was like Marvel's. Uh, was it 1602? Where it's like this is the Marvel universe reimagined in this time period. Was what yeah. my main jump to. But I mean, that, that'd be cool too. Because what what could you do with like Superman in that? possible i think it's less likely i think it is more likely they'll just take 
you know, kind of what we're saying, you know, uh, just look at the, you know, the current DC universe, but at that point in history. Mm-hmm. I mean, with the Omniverse now being like a thing, like I think the only it thing could literally be anything. I think the reason why I, I I thought of that is just the title they've given us is DC Middle Ages. That sounds more, I don't know, less. I look yeah. at the Middle Ages in the timeline and more I, uh, Middle I know Ages they only version. Explicitly said that DC Vampires was described as a working title, but this has the same mm-hmm. format where it was you know that's DC Vampires. This is DC. Okay, Middle Ages. No, I get uh, that. It, I, I get that it's a working title either. No, I get it's a, probably a working title, but they're still... Pre- I mean, they specified DC Vampires as just a working title, right? They didn't specify yeah. it with this, even though it probably is still at least technically a working title. But they felt confident that this title is giving the information, it's giving the impression they want it to give. Uh, I mean, at least enough to get interest. Uh, you know, because we're, we're saying, oh, it could be this or it could be that, but that's... Still, you know, those things you, you know, I'm probably interested in either. Here's the thing, Connor, though. Basically. Are you, do you want to read it just based off the title? Yes. Pete, do you want to read it based off the title? Only if it's what I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that disappointing. <laughs> well, no, it's not because that because I'm writing that says, it's because I'm actively less interested in no. Demon Knight's shit. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Hey, hey, pa- hey, Patreoners, if you want to make Pete read something... <laughs> Uh, Paul Cornell's Demon Knights is pretty good. The the term is patrons, man, just for the... (laughs) Whatever, Patreoner sounds cool. I don't care. For those Patreoners... They know I love them all the same. For those Patreoners who engage in patronicity, get get patronizing. (laughs) Yeah, get patronizing. But in the good way, not the bad way. Yes. Um... So that's good. Do you know, we got we got our first patron today that uh, pays in Canadian money. I thought that was a, a nice yeah, touch. Yeah, you like, go you. I was like, hey, Canadian dollars. <laughs> Were you like, what do I do with this? I, I, that's that's nice. <laughs> here's here's the thing, Ca- Canadian Patreoner, because I'm gonna stick to that. Uh, does your money really smell like maple syrup? My dad told me it did, but I don't know if he's trolling me. I'm fairly certain that is. I don't like we call it racism, but <laughs> no, no, no. My dad said that certain bills have a scent to them because their yes. money's not, you know. That's that's it... people who have been yeah. eating in pancake places, and, and that's what I paying think. Paying with that cash. Yes, that, that's what I think. And he was like, "Yeah, the money." So I was like, "I don't know whether to trust this guy. He's lied to me a lot over my life." Yeah, for, for uh, example, if you go, be the next one. I'm pretty sure if you if you spell the money that came out of a strip club, it'd have a certain scent to it as well. But I wouldn't assume yes, that I, all all money has the. <laughs> I'm just saying, my dad told me that it smells like maple syrup. But maybe someone the can only confirm way this that works is if literally every every piece of cash, every paper bill in Canada is actually exchanged through pancake houses because they all visit right. them all the time. That's the only way this works. I, and it sounds like Valhalla to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, waffles or pancakes with maple syrup with some cream sounds delightful to me. So I'm, uh, I'm not gonna complain. You're only you're only human. Yeah, you know. Hard pass. Yeah. Uh, or if I'm feeling really saucy, some uh, pancake and uh, bacon or something with some maple syrup. Oh. Also nice. No cream with that though. You don't put cream with bacon. That's weird. Sure. <laughs> oh, oh, mass willing, <laughs> mass ready and willing. 
I don't put cream on my pancake. I put butter and syrup. So. I mean, butter would go with bacon. I get why butter's not a problem. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't... You know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm talking, like, cream out of can. Like, squishy cream. You'll put that on bacon. Sh- sure, I'm not arguing. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't... I also don't put that on my waffles and pancakes. So... Well, well, there's a dessert thing. Of course you do. Why wouldn't you? No, that's a breakfast thing. Oh, fat, <laughs> stupid Americans. <laughs> Completely missed Maybe. Pancake Day this week. Uh, Did you? That's yeah. I, I doubt Wait, I was, can you I was have pancakes? Uh, I, have make, I have to make my own. Yes, to make sure they don't have certain ingredients. I have to make my own with, with lactose-free milk, because otherwise, yeah. no, is the answer. Yes. Mm, no, so. I had them much before. It was literally even before. It was I would have them once a year on Pancake Day. I've never really and, been a Pancake Day celebrator, to be honest. I mean, really, day. every day for me is Pancake Day. It depends if I want to make pancakes. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway. Uh, there was a couple that you just skipped over for some reason in the list anyway. I started I started with the more interesting ones. Uh, there's a Wonder Woman 80th anniversary title, which sounds like it's... Well, we've already had it. No, we had 750. We didn't have an 80th anniversary right. celebration. Maybe this is just one of those big one-shots, but title versus issue makes it sound maybe it's like a, a mini or a, maybe a mini sort of that said though those 80 page one shots did sell a lot of physical copies because of all the variants so this is for retailers mm-hmm. so it makes sense they would hype up said one shot well they ordered them but did they sell them all that's the question um, yeah, so I, know my, I, uh, my... I, I think the fact that they kept ordering them means they sold enough yeah maybe i know my shop has a lot laying around yeah, okay, but well, okay, but what I mean by that is they bought in, they bought enough to get the high priced variants and they sold those, so it was worth it. Nah, maybe. Yeah. So they've got a ton of regular versions sitting around, but they did sell the yeah. variant for a the ridiculous variants, amount. Which makes sense. Makes uh, sense. Yes. Uh and then Elseworld, uh what you notice mm-hmm. here on the user armor is one half of the center of the new DC Omniverse. Uh I mean, thanks for that. I mean, I think we would have yes. picked up on that. But, As set up by the end of Metal, of course. Yes. Yes. Uh, so we presume this is a book set on that Elseworld? I would assume so. Yeah. Uh, if not set on, about the discovery of. Oh, possibly. I could see that about our characters. Like a, not if, an event book, but like a miniseries about our characters finding this thing. Yeah. Yeah. If I had to bet money, I would bet this is the Scott Snyder project that, that maybe... I, I don't think so. Because I think no? he's actively stepping back from being that guy. Uh, I, I think, you know, Metal 2 mm. was kind of his, his final say for now. Well, yeah. Not, not... well yeah, from the big uh, universe driving stuff, which is why it still makes sense that he would do a GSA book, especially if the GSA book's set in, you know, the 40s. It's just like, hey, it's separate, it's on his own little corner, he can yeah. just mess with no, that Noticeably team. absent from this list is a GSA book. Yeah, I think. Well, and that's why I thought maybe that's what this. To be fair, be, though, I think noticeably absent from this list is any title that's recognizable. They're all kind of like minis or offshoots or. You you think maybe they're saving the big stuff for actual announcements? And yeah. This is all yeah. the other stuff that. Oh, we, we can get away with this. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, if we're getting like a second Green Lantern book, for example, I can still see that happen. I can see us getting a GSA book. I can see us getting a number of like big titles, but this seems to be all the, the minis and the special yeah. things and the. I'm, I'm potentially interested in, I mean, at least seven or eight of these, but just off the top of my head. I mean, it's hard to say without actually having solicits uh, for them yet. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
off like that's why I said potentially, yeah. you know, off just this. It's like, okay, I can see potential in some of these ideas based off of what we think they might be. I mean, I can tell you right now, Harley Quinn animated series sequel and Crush and Lobo are just dead on arrival for me. But Har- Harley Quinn animated, I am a hundred percent sure is a digital first. It has to be because they. I mean, just this week they announced the the sequel series you know, for the uh, you know, Batman eighty nine and Superman yeah. seventy whatever it is eight seventy eight. Yeah, um, and and this is just oh, it's another one of those that you know, and you know they've had them in the past. Batman. Oh, yeah, I, I, su- I suppose since you brought that, we should mention that that wasn't used this week. Yeah, was those yeah. digital first. Uh, they're doing a Batman '89 and a Superman '78, based on like continuing those movie versions of those characters. Uh, the Batman one in particular has an interesting creative team where I don't have it in front of me, but they like one of them actually did the art. I think it was is it Joker Sadas who did the art? Yeah, uh, he actually did art for a, a pitch for a sequel comic mm-hmm. that got, basically got canned back in the day, yeah. and now is getting to do the art on the actual sequel now. Yeah, and I believe the writer did the did the script, or so, or at least the the outlines for the the original the movies. movies. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of a cool. And Vendetti's doing the Superman seventy eight one. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for that. Do you know, it's funny because I'm not I'm not a big fan of those Tim Burton Batman movies, but I am oddly kind of intrigued. Shocked. Of, but I'm oddly kind of intrigued of a comic book that follows on in that version of Gotham. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Superman's a no-brainer, though. Like so, Superman, obviously, the movie is a big part of why I love DC. Uh, and Venditti, I mean, I've not loved as much from him as you guys have, but it's, he's still had a couple of things if, that have won me over. So, if you have time, Pete, go and check out his his digital first Superman. If you want a vibe of his, oh sure, he has a real good handle. So, yeah. I, I I saw his name attached to this, and I was like sold. Like even before Superman seventy eight. Yeah. So, so those actually got proper announcements. So those actually have dates mm-hmm. and things and all that. Uh, these 11 books are just a list of titles that are... So I'll just just to reiterate what this list of titles yep. is because we've been kind of bouncing around them. So I'll just list them off one last time to wrap up. Uh, Deathstroke Inc., Harley Quinn animated series sequel, Wonder Woman 80th anniversary title, Elseworld, DC Vampires, Robin and Batman, Joker a Puzzle Box, The Legend of Batman, Crush and Lobo, Newbie and the Amazons, and DC Middle Ages. That's the 11 books that they have announced in this list so um we'll see how many of them actually happen <laughs> this year because mm-hmm. you know t- some things might be planned tentatively and get pushed but uh you know there's nice there's a nice big list of mix of things coming even if you know some of the, the titles we'd hope to see coming aren't quite there yet hopefully yeah but i like these oddball kind of books i miss the oddball i mean that's how i, I found outsiders originally you know, like I, I mean, one of the only good things I can say about the new 52 is at the start, their commitment to we have 52 books mm-hmm. meant they had to fill the ranks with some weird shit. And some of it was quite good. Uh, you know, yeah. some of it was interesting. And, you know, and it definitely had a, a real diversity in the line with a lot. You know, we had, you had the horror stuff, you had the Western stuff, the war stuff. Now, whether or not you cared for that is a different question. But, you know, the diversity was uh, quite a good thing, I would say. Yeah. yeah, a lot of them didn't make it past one arc, but <laughs> yeah, they were there. Uh, most of them, most of them made it two arcs, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, the war ones didn't make it very far. I remember them getting no. cancelled around issue eight. I mean, but but the the Wild West stuff with Jonah Hex went longer than anyone expected. Oh, that was yeah, that was a little while. Yeah, so. a good bit, and obviously that was a, technically a, a straight continuation of uh, All Star Western that had been going right before, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's the same team. So yeah. So, yeah. 
There you go. That is that is uh surprisingly meaty news for this week. I, I'm not used to news a week after solicits being that uh interesting, but yeah, I'm not used to them just dropping shit like this. <laughs> but there you go. Surprise. Bastards. There you go. Oh, actually, I mean, one little tidbit to add on oh, the news here. This better be bloody good. Uh, I know Carl's excited to talk about it. The Snyder Cut got a trailer this week, a full trailer, uh, for the four-hour cut that's coming to HBO Max. I'm going to pour some whiskey if you're going to do this. Uh, I No, I, I love that you told our mutual Twitter friend that it was four hours. <laughs> and she and she peaced out. She's like, oh, uh, I'm curious enough to watch it. Wait, it's four yeah. hours? Four, <laughs> Wait, four hours? <laughs> uh, you said four, right? Like after three. Yes. Well, four, five, four. It's not a typo. Yeah. Not a typo. <laughs> uh, I, I just have one thing. As I watched that trailer with my wife, she goes and looks, I thought we were done with this. <laughs> Her words. Um, she probably just that mean- said shirtless cavill she was like okay wait but he's hardly in the trailer i said exactly uh, hmm. yeah um i mean i mean the thing that's clear from this trailer is that we are living in a society that's the thing we need to take away from this <laughs> i can't believe that <laughs> joker looks so bad i hate it so much the movie looks ugly oh everything about it it's oh it's funny uh, Carter, so previously the multiverse has been back, but it's a month early for patrons. I'm, uh, the reason why I'm bringing this up uh, is that we recorded episode 18 of that, uh, which is out now for patrons, but Temis goes up, patrons have already got access to episode 18. Um, I discovered in the opening part of the show this week that Connor has decided he doesn't want to talk about the snare cut. He's only you say to... decided. I said that on this show months ago, where I said my one thing, and I was like, that's it, I'm done. So he insisted he wasn't which talking was about thing? it. So... Uh, it was just the one thing was at the time. I don't even remember what it was. It was like probably right after the announcement it was real. Yeah, some of that. Where I just gave my, my quick thoughts and then that was it. So he got very upset that I insisted on just... That made me want to talk about it more. So I just started talking about the Snyder of Cut. Of course. Of course. <laughs> That's fine. I'm quite happy drinking my my my, uh, my Viking-themed whiskey. Uh, you you, you go ahead. Oh. oh. Do you know what Vikings did? They lived in a society. Uh, so he did. drank a lot it was of booze. Actually, a very progressive society for the Middle Ages, <laughs> relatively speaking. Yeah, well, let's not go but overboard. I said for the Middle Ages. Yeah. You yes. know. So, yeah. Back to Middle Ages. Yeah. See, it's all come full circle. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Which story? Let's end the Snyder cut. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's talk about some books then, shall we? Uh, oh, which I've not actually prepared in any way, shape, or form. Hold on. Unprofessional. There we go. I'm ready now. I just have to open my window up. It's fine. That's fine. Okay. So yes, on to some books. So Future State, the next Batman issue four. Uh obviously a bunch of different creators on diversity uh depending on which story we're talking about. Um so I'll be curious to see who read what in this book, given that we were very, very negative to look warm on the backups uh on mm-hmm. the previous and you know, not the last issue, but the because this is weird because they're alternating issues. Yes, this but... was a month ago, the last time yeah. we read these backups. So they're the backups from issue two. We weren't super hot on. So it'll be interesting to see who, who read what here. But um, I'm sure Connor was disappointed that uh, Braga was still on art in the main story. Joe, you know I would have been fine if this had just been the art for all four issues, if we just had Braga mm-hmm. the entire time. Even, even if it was Darrington Breakdowns, like like it still is now. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the, the expectation of you, put, you give me that 
you know, raw Darrington art on that first issue set the bar so high that everything after has just felt mm. like, I mean, it's so good. Like, like, I'm, if, if this had been what we had the whole time, I'd be saying, no, this is really good art. Be happy with it. Just those expectations, you know, that, that, that ruined it for me. So I'll let you get that out of the way first, because I do think this was a very good chapter. Yeah. So do I, I mean, it got really solid. dark. Yeah. More, more dark than... Than I thought it would go. But... It, it gives us some some insights into the past of uh, of of Jace here, uh, and w- something that may have happened when he was still uh, otherwise. Well, he's still addicted. Just he's never not an addict. But you know, when he was actually on uh, off the wagon, I suppose mm-hmm. uh, would be how to say it. But um, where he has this flashback at one point later on, where he 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 clearly hits someone in a car, uh, and and he's and he's passed. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's him, he obviously gets out of, uh, the, the couple were attacking him, or at least the husband was attacking him at the end of the last issue. Mm-hmm. And he basically, he talks him down, says, no, I'm taking you in. The husband, while he's being kind of violent, ultimately it comes off a little bit like, oh, I, w- I wanted to be clear that it was me that did the murder, it wasn't my wife, she's innocent, yeah. and tries to get her off. And he's like, he's like, no, I'm taking you both in. And because and she's like, no, I wanted to kill him. Like, <laughs> like you can try and yeah. it's, dress this up. It's, but. it's almost like the gift of the Magi. Right, where they they're both trying to take it because they want the other one to, you know, not hold any responsibility. Um, but I do like that he's still Batman, and that like, yeah, these people still have to see justice, but not the magistrate justice, right? Like he's gonna yeah. take him to the police, so where the, he knows that they're gonna be dealt with properly. Yeah, the bulk of the issue is him driving to the police station. So it's, it's this escort of trying to get them to the police station through mm-hmm. like hostile territory, and there's uh, the magistrate are chasing them on bikes. There's drones. There's there's, there's sort of tank like cars, all that stuff, uh, and it's just really good action for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I think it's really well paced. The way you know the the action starts with like you know uh, four panels on a page, and then it's five, and then I think there's a point where it's like eight, and it just you feel it getting faster and faster as it goes. Yeah, through. it ramps up. Yeah, it feels, it's, it's like, uh, I'm trying to compare, think of a movie to compare it to the way it starts, where I felt like, like, you know there's going to be something co- coming out quite quickly, and it is quite quickly, so it's on the first page of the, the, the car ride, right? But they're just in the car, they're driving in a pretty, you know, it's, it's not some fancy car, it looks like a, like a family SUV some or something. Some saloon like car, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... And the way that they sort of look around, and then obviously the bikes are behind them, it made me think of, I don't know, I'm trying to think of, like, maybe... Maybe that's in Inception, where they're in the car and there's like someone on a like a bike with a shotgun who kind of like mm-hmm. comes out from from behind and just they're immediately in like a chase, uh, like there's going to be enemies coming from every direction and everything's hostile around them. Uh, it's just a case of like waiting for them to show up. I was getting that, those kind of vibes, but yeah, the action is really good. Um, and I think that the big thing here, all on just how good the action is, and uh, obviously the sacrifice of the husband where he grabs one of the uh, the bat EMPs uh, mm-hmm. that Jace gave him and throws himself towards the cars so that they'll make it. Uh, he won't, but they will. Um, and we get this thing where uh, JC's mother is there. She just happens to be up up ahead, and mm-hmm. she pulls out a gun and she wants to shoot him. <laughs> like she, she's like, this is how anti-mass she is. And yeah. I think this is where I, I love the difference here between Jace and Bruce, where Jace, because he has to throw a batarang, at his own mother, mm-hmm. and Wendy's own mother. He gets so mad at this magistrate officer who's been following him that we, in his narration, we hear him say that he's going to kill him. Like, mm-hmm. he, he's he's beating the piss mm-hmm. out of him, and it's not until he's stopped by, by the woman that he's escorting that's saying, we have to go, uh, that, that it stops him. 
And I think I like the difference here that he's still upholding in general the idea of like the justice that Batman would prescribe the city, and he's saying no killing, you two have to be tried, mm-hmm. and so on and so on. But this does show that he he isn't like so stoic in it, where when something is personal, like it is here, where he's like, "You made me hurt my mother," like I'm going to kill you. Yeah, he, and he, he doesn't said, have the same self control. Yeah, yeah. say you can say he's not as disciplined because he's not Bruce Wayne, right? And that's yeah. what makes him different. I like that. I like that it's not just the same again. And obviously he can get there eventually through stories, uh, if there's more mm-hmm. stories to be told, but uh, that's neat. Uh, also, the cop that you called uh, just shoots him. Uh, she actually is he's bulletproof first with the armor. Yeah. But she What's does that? just shoot him. Yeah, I, I did like I have, that. I have to say I did my job. <laughs> gotta, yeah. gotta make it look real. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. So, me of, um, you know, like, uh, I think it's John Wick 2. Uh, the start of that with the doctor. Said it was bulletproof. I didn't say it was going to hurt like hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where, where the doctor's like, well, you know, stab me like right here because you know, I, I can live from that. But you, you got to make it look like you actually escaped. Uh, I didn't even watch John Wick. Damn it, Connor. I, I'd apologize, but yeah, that's no, John Wick. Right? You don't yeah. have to apologize. Yeah, I still haven't watched John Wick three for whatever reason. I don't know why. It's so good. It's fine. You're, I, you're, I like I it more mean, than two. get to it. What's that? I like John Wick 3 more than I do 2. Oh, no. I mean, they're all good. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a pretty high bar still. Yeah, it's a high bar. Um, well, so. see. Anyways, see. but yeah, no, I, I do like that. And I, I still get vibes from uh, Terry's friend in Batman Beyond mm. from this cop. Um, Max is her name. Um, and I don't know if that's on purpose or what, but, you know, uh, things are cool. I mean, it's, I can't say it's an homage exactly, but, you know, um, it's good to know that there's still good cops in Gotham. Because mm-hmm. none of these cops either are ones that we're familiar with, right? No, I mean, they, the reference like Toy and stuff, and... but yeah, these, these right. are new characters, yeah. Uh, I think if anything, if anything is going to tell us that there's more stories planned, I mean, obviously we know the origin story is coming, but there's definitely more stories planned after, so we kind of figured that anyway. But the ending yeah. of this, more than anything, confirms to me that this is not the end of the story. I mean, it, it, I don't want to quite call it a cliffhanger, but Jace goes to the hospital to see his mother. He has a confrontation with uh, with Luke, but when he goes in to see his mother, like, she's sitting there with her anti-Batman, anti-mask rhetoric. She's, she's being vicious. They have to be put down. There's no justification. And he tries to defend Batman a little bit, but very quickly says, okay, let's not talk about this now. This is, a, this is about family and healing and, or whatever. And, he, and the last panel is them holding hands. Like, yeah. there is no way in hell that Ridley is not planning her finding out that he's Batman at some point. No, the, yeah. this is too unresolved uh, for it not to have more. Well, and even even the tag from the younger sister who says that the Foxes need to get have or need to have a get-together mm. To, mm. to discuss all this because there's something up with the family. So, like, whatever happened and whatever they're blaming Batman for, you know... You're right. Think, a, you're right. There's a cult. There's a literal call to action with that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still. Yeah. Uh, I'm feeling. You know, we talked about. It, I think a lot last week, but I'm not feeling this uh, future state version of Luke, where he's being such a dick about his brother. It's like re- refusing to go with his new name, like and actively making a point even after he's corrected. That feels here, again very un-Luke-like. Yeah, but it is a personal thing. It's someone that I've, I've had a tough relationship with my brother, and we're good now. But him. Luke's attitude towards his brother being an, uh, a screw up all the time and having that aggression, that's that felt very true to me. Like that feels like a real family dynamic. Yes. You know, and sometimes Matt, like I'm not calling him that. His name is Tim. I'm not like 
like Jace is a fake name. And and now as a more mature person that he has gotten over certain things, it's like, okay, if he wants to be called Jace, I'll call him Jace. You know, but they still have whatever whatever Luke's issues are with him, it's still enough of that aggression that he's not gonna put it on the side. And I think his attitude towards towards uh, Jace is I, I think in this issue we get a glimpse that he is seemingly killed someone accidentally but killed someone yeah. because of who he was in the past and also mm-hmm. whatever's happened to their sister via mask like it sounds like there's a lot of really bad stuff yeah this happened Which i'm sure we're gonna get in the the origin, the origin story yeah. but it sounds yeah. like a lot of bad stuff has happened post present day world where whatever's made look this much of an asshole and uh, mm-hmm. it sounds like a lot of it is quite big and i the, and this is I mean maybe not how he's acting in the, the grifter story necessarily but mm-hmm. in this one how he acts with, with Jace the fact that Jace actually killed someone uh, when he was driving does kind of open up the idea of why someone just is unwilling to like, give him a chance like because yeah. I think for a lot of people that is a line that once you've crossed that line it's really hard to ever give you the benefit mm-hmm. of the doubt it's really hard to kind of and maybe you should I mean but you know it's hard because you, you murdered someone effectively I mean maybe murder right. is too strong of a word I think, I think- but, involuntary manslaughter is what it would probably fall yeah, well, yeah legally I mean, yes but although we don't actually know he killed the person we just know that no, he hurt somebody we, don't. He, he, we know he you know what I mean? but either way he killed someone yeah right true, but true. at the same time it's it's still almost unforgivable in most type things you know especially if he feels like if luke feels like he hasn't repented at all you know like he almost maybe got away with it and like how come nobody's holding him accountable i'll hold him accountable Again, it right. makes it it makes it a little bit different again to Bruce in the sense that his story as Batman is a lot more redemptive. Then it's about atonement. He's Joe Chill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a bit. Of, okay, I get what you're saying, but it's a bit of a extreme. Uh, yeah, it, <laughs> I, 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 Connor's I'm going for the poetic. Just, just to you know, make the yeah. point, but kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's more of a redemptive story, perhaps, compared to Bruce. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Yeah, if you start getting to Brucey psyche, talking about ah, oh, he feels guilty because he put his parents in that position, so it's. It's but different, though, isn't it? It is different, yeah. It is, because right. Bruce was a kid, and presumably Jace was a adult. Well, I mean, he was know? driving, so I assume he was at least yeah. at least in his late teens. <laughs> he was tried as an adult. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's not even about being a kid, per se, but that's more... I think Bruce's guilt is more of this, like, guilt than anyone who's just a survivor. It's, it's survivor's it's not, guilt. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, not, it's not a real thing. It's not really his fault. He thinks it is, but it's not really. Whereas right. with Jace... It is his fault. <laughs> like he did do this. He's yeah. he's to blame for this, and he has mm-hmm. to accept that and live with it, and you know, yeah. move on from it, and do whatever he can to make up for it. Is so, it makes him a very different character to Bruce, which I think makes him really fascinating as a Batman, uh, compared to just getting a carbon copy of Bruce. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, and I think this this this, this four issue story of him has been a great, uh, basically a pilot. To say, hey, you want more of this? We can do more of this, and yeah. more of it's coming. So, and and if you don't like it, tough shit, you get more anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you don't, don't have to read it though. Yeah, if you'll you have know. other Batman to fall back on. You know, it's yeah. not even just that you have other Batman. It's it's like you have. I mean, the, the main Batman book, Detective Comics, all the regular Bat books are still, but this regular old Batman. This yeah, is all told in many series. Yeah, this is all told in many series. This is all told in digital books. This is all told in other things, which. As a comic book reader, you can very easily ignore. Um, I wonder, I'm not going much, to because it's I great. How much Ridley is committed to doing this 
in a reasonable time frame because obviously he's done comics in the past. Yeah. And then he, you know, he's he's obviously you know, busy man. You know, writes films. Uh, you know, but he's he's dabbled here and there, and you know, he, he recently he's come back with the uh, the other history of the DC universe, and now this, mm-hmm. and it feels like maybe this is at least in the short term, like a uh, like an actual plan. That I mean, I think the key thing to to remember here is that this was at least as far as we knew, it was going to be the Batman book for a while. At one point, mm-hmm. it was going to be yes. a run of Batman. So that would suggest that at the very least, whatever the story was, he has it all mapped out. He he has. So maybe it's going to be broken down into some, some minis or some stories in uh, Future State Gotham, but it exists. Like, it, clearly the plan was there in whatever form yeah. it was in. Well, and, I, and I want to know how much he has because I just pulled him up and he has a lot of projects that he's, like, directing oh. coming up in the pipeline. So I'm yeah. wondering if, if that's where this shift went from, you know, to, to digital where you can break it up in smaller pieces, right, and um, make it last longer. Maybe. I I feel like that change happened more because uh, 5G went away rather than because of his yeah, personal... Yeah, and that was that a, a DC shift towards wanting yeah. digital content. So, it could be too. But no, I, you know, I, I think... Uh, clearly, I mean, it's, it's entirely possible that he had most of whatever he's going to do written already. And mm-hmm. he's all, all he's doing is repackaging it a little bit here or there to make it work yeah. in the format they want it told in. Possible, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, but no, it's exciting. It's exciting to get more of this. Uh, what are you rating this uh, story, Matt? I'm going to give this an 8. Connor? Yeah, it's an 8 from me as well. I will, I'll, I'll nudge it up to 8.5. I think that action yeah. car chase in the middle is so well done. Mm. The book was over in no time to me, just because it flowed so well. So, there you go. Uh, that is that. Uh, uh, so the first backup in the next Batman uh, in this issue is the second part of the Batgirl story. I planned on reading this. I got to that first page and I looked at how dense those narration boxes were with text and went, nope, screw this, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, I, I made the same call. So I, I was not really feeling it anyway, but then I was like, but it is Batgirls. Maybe I'll give it a try. So you know, I turned the page and I saw, not even the first page, just the first the, the first panel with all those Steph text boxes and it yes. all came flooding back to me and I was like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> oh boy, so I'm the only one that read this. Yep. <laughs> uh, so I, I'll, I'll make it quick it it is a Batgirls story finally where the characters do feel like themselves because most of it is cast going through the prison uh you know with the the gear that Steph provided and beating the mess out of people uh until she gets to oracle where they basically have um they have barbara hooked up to the computer um and it was Cass's mission to go in there and they she thought she was looking for batman but it ends up being Barbara, uh, and you find out that she's been working with Nightwing. So now she's got to get out, but she's also not going to let you know Steph just rot in this jail, be- even though you know she got too close to the to the dark side and and stuff. Um, and so it intercuts between Cass doing that and then um, Steph kind of managing the prison riot and trying to give her enough time. Um, and as things look dire, where it looks like they, you know, the the guards have been basically given lethal force, um, Oracle kicks over the entire prison and basically like, you know, this belongs to me now. And the resistance comes in. You got Nightwing and Man Bat and Orphan, Batwoman, Talia and Robin. Um, so they come in and they kind of free everybody. Oracle and, and 
Dick end up, you know, embracing. Uh, and you can tell, like, it's almost as, as if he felt like maybe she was there, and that was the whole point of this, you know, was to to reconnect them. And then Steph and, and Cass end up, you know, having a whole, oh, I'm sorry I doubted you, and I'm sorry I doubted you. And, you know, I feel like this might have might lead to that one story uh, that I was alternating with, with Arkham Knight. Mm. And this is kind of what leads to that force, you know, as I flip through those pages, because a lot of those characters are here. You know, you have Ivy, you have Harley, you have um, Croc and Two-Face and all of them. But um, and it allowed me to start piecing together like the larger Gotham, because between this and Nightwing, I can kind of feel like what this yeah. timeline has been now, which is kind of nice. Um but the art's really, really good. Now, that's still here. And whereas it is really wordy, like Vida Ayala, I feel like this one felt more in line than the first one did, where it was like trying really hard to be like, oh, Steph's real bad, and this is her now. Um, this one felt more in line. I mean, Cass still talks a little too much. Yeah, I'm, I'm just skimming through but, now, and there are multiple mm-hmm. points with Cass having like three bubbles yeah. in one speech section. It's like, that's yeah. extreme. Yeah, I'm I'm skimming it as well. Uh, just I mean, even just ignoring the cast specific issue there. Mm-hmm. Um, this writer definitely. There's some pages where they'll just be like, just too much text packed into a few mm-hmm. bubbles, and it, it feels like you're reading like a lot in like one panel, and it just it yes. feels it flows it's really badly because really of it. Interesting, because I've never, I've never, I've never remembered feeling that with anything I've read from Biala before. No, like, no. Like, I don't remember like loving. Well, but, it, but I don't remember ever feeling this particular. Issue. And I and I don't want to presuppose like I know their process, but it's almost as if like not that they didn't trust the the artist, but there's a lot here, like especially in a lot of the cast stuff, that is you know show don't tell. So just let her go in there and whoop ass, you know. And same with the riot where you could have just had it be you didn't need, you know, all the dialogue boxes and stuff, but yeah. Um, so I'll give this a, a six out of ten. Like it's the art I'm a big fan of, uh, but just the story itself, like it is better than the last one. I don't remember what I rated the last one, mm. but I didn't, I didn't dislike it as much as the, that first one. Yeah, having skimmed it, it looks like it, I would probably wouldn't have hated it as much. Or mm. I, I mean, hate it a bit strong, but I would, I wouldn't have been mm. as negative on it. But still, I didn't no. really feel like reading that either. So you're fine. Yeah, and but, we all skip the the. Other oh, one, none right? of us read Gotham City Sirens because that first part was yeah. really Not bad. No man of Ivy. Although I'm looking through here, uh, and Ivy makes a monster out of out of plants. That's pretty cool. <clears throat> and she's wearing uh, Constantine's trench coat at one point. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, some weird. Someone five. removes their face. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, huh. I'm, I'm never going to read this story. All right, well, let's, let's uh, move on there. I mean, I thought there was a point rating the book as a whole. I mean, maybe for Matt, because he actually read two of the stories, but... Yeah, it's, a, it's a, an 8 and a 6. It's a 7.5, I guess. Doing <laughs> quick math. But yeah, I'll just say yes. I, I love the heart to tell you that Go, that's, math- that's mathematically that's incorrect. Move. I gotta but, eat dinner. Yeah, all right. Future State Superman Worlds of War issue 2. Again, different uh, creative teams on the different stories. So, this uh, main story was absolutely phenomenal. Can I, can I just Again. emphasize that? Phenomenal. Yes. I think it's actually better than the last one. 
I, okay, so I really like the first one for what it meant for Superman, right? Hmm. But this one for what it meant for Clark, right? Like the story that tells that he tells, right? That we're reading, and then to see what he's going through on Warworld, it is a really like I. I feel like these are two of my favorite Superman stories in a long time. I'm so I'm excited count as one for big these story. upcoming, you know, uh, yes. runs, you know, you know, on the the respective books from from this team now. Yeah. Uh, so context is the character from the last issue is looking for Kent Farm, and one of the kids from the the camp sort of runs up and tries to ca- catch up with her and ask her about, you know, why'd mm-hmm. you run off, whatever. And she's like. And she said, oh, I didn't mean anything bad by it, but, you know, like, this is, you know, what Clark means to me, and, you know, this this article saved my life, and this is why I know he's coming back. Mm-hmm. And he glances at it, and then for the, the rest of the book, because we cut back to them a couple of times, but it's not as that too much. Most of the book no. is Superman fighting on Warworld as we read in the narration this news article he wrote called A Life Well Lived, which is the story of this man who just passed away in Metropolis uh, when he wrote it. Uh, this, mm-hmm. this black man who was a, a pianist a musician and he had yeah, a, a jazz musician jazz musician he had a food deformity yeah. which meant he wasn't dra- drafted into world war Two. but he ended up going anyway because he he read mm-hmm. about the atrocities that were happening in europe and he wanted to get involved and uh-huh. the whole point of the story is that if you saw him at the end of his life he was homeless and he died alone didn't seem to have anyone and it seemed kind of sad and you might look at him and think he failed he failed at life because this is how his life ended mm-hmm. But then he goes, he goes through his life and talks about how he had a wife and he had a child and his child died, unfortunately young, and he spent the rest of his life making sure that he, he funded a scholarship in his child's name for, for people. And he, I think towards the end, he lists like 57 people were able to get yeah, an education like because 56, of it. Yeah, you know, people that he inspired, like, he was able to help yeah. in being inspired to the community. I think it was a conscious effort not to choose 52 there. Actually, I think this is oh, maybe really? the one bit of inexperience that Johnson's shown is that he's new to yeah. DC and he doesn't realise that he should be putting fifty two. <laughs> no, I, no I, I actually think that was an intentional choice not to. Um, I mean, I mean, right. First off, I, uh, he, you know, the, uh, the the writer kind of spoke on Twitter that you know, okay, this is inspired by you know a handful of different people, but he did he yeah, did I, specify I one specific person, uh, and I don't know if maybe you know this is a real number or if it was just you know one thing where. He doesn't want us to be thinking, oh, 52. It's, you know, he doesn't want us pulled out of the story in that way. So mm. I actively chose a slightly different number. Yeah. Could be. But yeah, so I, I started following him on Twitter a couple of weeks ago now that he's taking over Superman. And so coming across this story that, you know, the Edgar Waters character was based on several people, like Connor said. But uh, the, the biggest and most prominent inspiration was the late great Medgar Evers. Um, and basically how he. Not only did he fight in World War II, but he was instrumental in the civil rights movement, too. And Which, so yeah, just it to... wasn't just the impact of World War II. It was, you know, like, but, you know. Uh, yeah, that's just to, to set the, the context, story. just to set the context up for what you're saying here, is that's what mm-hmm. this, this character wars and that the news article's about. And uh, we find out he did also do that when he came back from World War II. He was, uh, he was at, he was at the, yes. Uh, uh, the protest, he got beat up, he was jailed because he fought back, mm-hmm. he went right back out and fought again. He never gave up. Yeah. He was always a man of determination. He always believed in what he believed in. And that's essentially what we're seeing on Warworld is Superman is constantly mm-hmm. fighting. He's there to on break... On behalf the... of others. Yes, he's there too. to break the chains. Yeah. He's there to free the people who are enslaved on Warworld. And we get towards the end of the story, when the, the narration kind of stops, Mongol comes out and sort of incinerates uh, Superman 
and Superman's lying there, he's bloody, he's beaten. And this, as this is happening, we see back on Earth, you know, as you know, as the story's been told, uh, the, the kids find the real Kent farm. Because the, the one that everyone goes to is this fake one that's been built for tourists. But the yeah. real one, uh, they find because it was knocked over at some point. And they actually find the, the storm cellar where the, the original ship is held. And we have this moment where, where there's tears in their eyes. But we get to this scene where Mongol's got Superman chained up. And, super, and Mongol is essentially saying, I'm going to break your spirit. I am going to make you forget who you ever were. I'm going to make you forget Earth. I'm going to make you forget everything you ever believed in. And when you get to that point, I'm going to send you back to Earth, and then you're going to murder people. You're going to murder people left and right because you don't remember how you felt about them, and you'll never remember who you are. And ultimately, it's a story about breaking someone's will and the determination of Superman's will to say that's never going to happen. I'm always going to free people. I'm always going to do this. And I'm not leaving here until I free every single last one. And this and moment, the, the futility of its fighting as well, because yeah. even when he saves them, Mongol just kills them anyway. But right. the reason why I'm kind of rushing to this point is because I want to just mention. I'll I'll just say it. Now, this is going to be my panel of the week when we get there. The mm-hmm. panel of Mongol walking away in sort of shadow from Superman, who's still chained up, and mm-hmm. and Superman in the light still. Yeah, and Superman who's just been defiant and said, "No, this is never going to work. No matter what you do, I'm going to save everyone here." And I'm going to go home after that. Um, it, it, you know, it makes me think of uh, other good examples. I, I, you know, the Kill Hand looks a really good example of a movie where the mm-hmm. character, you know, the prison guards are trying to break him down and break his spirit, and no matter what, he never is broken uh, to to the very end. And he kind of inspires everyone else to not lose who they yeah. are. Um, and, and I think this is the sort of this is like such a core Superman like push to his limits story. There was a, so, a small touch as well that I, I didn't clock through the art, but it, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. When Mong was like, why do I even bother giving you the sword? You don't kill anyone with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Despite we see all this, Superman is hitting people with the sword. He's always, because I, I went back and checked afterwards, it's always with yeah. the flat of the blade and just I, I, yeah, know, mm-hmm. the, the sheer more, more, force of it. More, spe- no more specifically, more specifically, he doesn't say he didn't kill anyone. He specifically says there's no bloodshed. So it's not even just that he's yes, not right. doing stabs. He's not even, he's not cutting at all. He's not using the blade. Anyway. Yeah, no, and, and what we know about Mongol, right, is he's like the the Roman emperors, right? This is yeah. all for, you know, bread and circuses, keep everybody, you know. And so the fact that Superman's playing by his own rules and is like, I'm not, no matter what you do, I'm not, you know, and it, and it goes with that story that he's telling and why it's so inspirational to, to the girl at the beginning of the story, right, too, is because it was written by Clark Kent. Sure, we know he's Superman, but it's about this, you know, Superman writing about this other person and how he pulled inspiration from him, from just a regular guy that who went and he did. And just the fact that it's laid over this gladiatorial stuff, it's it is a really good story. Yeah, it it, it, it makes Superman feel this larger than life thing, but not in a, a godlike way. It makes him feel larger than no. life and as as a as a force of inspiration kind of way. And, there's a line actually early on in the book that I really love, uh, where she says to the, the other guy, um, like, he never had to tell us he was Superman. If you actually go back and read all of his articles from before mm-hmm. then, he was telling us the whole time. And so I was just looking for that line. Mm-hmm. I also thought it was early on. It's a lot later than you think. It's it's right before that moment with Mongol that you were talking about that you loved. Oh, really? So, so it's later yeah. in the book. Um, I mean, regardless, though, the line yeah, is, great, great line. is wonderful, yeah. Um, it... Yeah, the, the tears throwing down her face, and there's like a and the look up that just is at the end of their scene, the last time we see them, 
Uh, they look up at the sky, and it could be a shooting star, but it or could it also could be, be Superman be. coming home. You know, it's yeah. it's kind of it's okay. so as as we're talking. So I wanted to pull up that tweet from from Philip Kennedy Johnson because I saw that after I read the issue, and I was like, okay, this is real cool because I was wondering if it was a real person. And uh, me and Talking Superman had had a conversation about this book earlier. Is either yesterday or today? I can't remember. And then Philip Kennedy Johnson resp- responds as we're talking about it to what you know. This is going to end in House of L, which I didn't realize. Um, yeah, I, I didn't either until we got to the end of this. Yeah, story. me yeah, too. We got to but, the but, end and... in the the that because that's the one shot that we haven't had yet. Yeah, that's the one shot that's yeah. coming next week. And I no, I'm I was the same. I got to the last page and when it said to be continued in House of L, I was like, oh okay. I suddenly got a lot yeah. more interest. Yeah, bef- see, before yes, I was kind of like, oh, that weird one shot that's coming at the end. Whatever. I mean, we'll try it. I don't really know if, or care. And then, yeah, I don't. I didn't even realize <laughs> no. it was, uh, you know, this yeah. I didn't realize... that book. No, and it's Godlewski too, who's doing the the book. Mm. Uh, one of the books with with. I think yeah. Godlewski's doing the the event leading, right? The, the two issue I, thing. I think so. Yeah. And so, but um, but yeah, I didn't realize that. I mean, beyond Starfire, what what looks like Starfire, Tamarinian. With the House of El Crest, like I was excited for that, but I didn't know what this book was going to be. But all of a sudden, so I, I was like, "Oh, I'm interested now. I am excited well, for this." It, so. it just became a must-read, right? But yeah, so he said, uh, "Hey guys, House of El does share some material with Worlds of War, but other questions will be answered in the ongoing series later this year." So this is definitely seeding stuff for his that, run. That makes sense because we know one of the early arcs. I can't remember which book it's in. If it, mm-hmm. I think I think it's Superman. It is a uh, War World Rising. Right. So, mm. yeah, we're kind of on the path towards this stuff, which, again, yeah. is the sort of thing with them. We're seeing that in the Batman line as well, where they're, you know, seeding in the magistrate stuff uh, over the next few months. So, uh, yeah, really interesting stuff going forward, I think. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. This is, you know, as I was reading, it just felt like a special story that kind of gets the. Uh, it gets the, the elegance and the, the inspiration of Superman in a way that is sometimes hard to capture in a way that's hard mm-hmm. you know it's and I, I think telling superman stories from the perspective of people that he's he's touched from people that he's you know he's he's rescued or inspired is often the best way to actually go about it because it does give you this aura of people who do i'm, I'm really that. excited to see sorts. more of clark kent the journalist because don't get me wrong we, we often tend to just get that sidelined and have lois as the journalist because right we don't want to First, stage her almost, but yeah. obviously Clark has I mean, the job for a Matt, reason. He's, he's good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing his writing a little bit more uh, might, might be interesting. Yeah, I was just going to say that you know, Clark still got a job on his own at the Daily Planet. You know, right. like for as good as Lois has, and she's an award-winning journalist. Clark's <clears throat> not a slouch, so to see that play so heavy into the story, like it was Clark Kent that inspired her, not so much Superman. Which yeah. I, I just like that concept as well. And I and I also like the fact like that that's not erasing what Bendis did with the him, you know, it would it would have been easy just to have whatever happened, go back to oh, there's Superman and Clark Kent, they're different people. But the fact that no, this is the status quo for DC now. I I do it feels special now. You know? Yeah. And I don't think we've talked about it enough, but uh Jan and Dart is it's, freaking phenomenal. Oh yeah, it's wonderful. Like uh, it takes a special talent to be able to balance two kids walking through a field and finding a spaceship. And on um, when you turn the page, there's a gladiatorial contest going on that yeah. is just utterly brutal. And 
again, you know, we, we also, I think we have Ch- uh, Jordi Belair as well. The colors, you know, the, with the, the deep reds and oranges mm-hmm. on War World are just yep. gorgeous. Yeah, that stuff with the kids, you know, looking through the fields and finding the ship, it's, it's got a very sort of, you know, explorers, you know, 80s Amblin. kids. Yeah, yeah. Looking, looking for the mystery. Kind of, even though that's mm-hmm. not really what it is, it's not really a mystery. No. They, kind of, they, they roughly know where they are and what they're doing. No, but, but it's... It's kids being kids. It has that right? look like to it. Yeah, it's got that adventure I, vibe. Yeah. yeah, I love it. So you've, you've got the, the, that. The, the wonder, I think, is the feeling that that sells mm-hmm. it. Yeah, like the when they found the storm cellar. Yeah, so you, you've got that. You, you got the the deep reds of the fighting, but then you've got that black with the harsh light of the of the the torture chamber where they have that conversation mm-hmm. after the fact. It's a wonderful mix of, of different different uh, mm-hmm. color mappings and color tones. Um. Yeah, I think it's interesting that the the Earth is relatively muted, whereas both the examples we have on Warworld are mm. very very extreme. The alien yeah. place is very either extremely red or extremely like dark. Yeah, and, and I don't think it's mm. just specifically that it's alien compared to Earth. I think it's that Warworld itself is a very intense place. It's kind of a yeah. purpose, and it's like no, everything's heightened there. That's why we go yeah, to well, and colors. And it's the whole color theory. Thing too right where it's red is very warm and hot and it it makes you aware of it whereas you go on earth and it's very cool and it's blues and and purples and light greens and stuff and just you know it snaps you it really grabs a hold of you when you turn that page yeah you know? i mean you no know, it's so there's a moment um when in the fighting where mm-hmm. uh you know, one of them cuts uh superman's tendon mm-hmm. and it, it you know it was so visceral. Like I actually winced when I read it. And I don't do that. I don't react to, <laughs> to physical pain in comics, because especially not a Superman comic. You know, it's just you know giant punches. Mm-hmm. But this, it just felt so raw in this cut. And you know, and then you have like this panel of just him screaming in anguish and mm-hmm. going down and trying to get back up. And that whole sequence was just phenomenal. Yeah, uh, and just the general idea of the whole the whole premise of this book being clark writing about a human being that's inspired him and mm-hmm. that's what he spends his time at the daily planet trying to do if he can is highlighting yeah. why he loves humanity and why he fights for it and mm-hmm. why it's important uh it's just it has all the right notes yeah uh, yeah, uh does, does anyone have anything bad to say about this i don't i i look through it again and be like well i and honestly i i can't like it's well, go on, do it then, Matt. Read it. It's, Give it a, a, it's a ten. I expected Boom. as much, Connor. Yeah, I'm also throwing out the ten. I am also giving it a ten. Boom. This was a per- this was a perfect Superman comic. Yeah. Uh, I read out the backups just so <laughs> why. Okay, I will be quick because I read two of them. <laughs> why? Why? Uh, because I had nothing else to do. It's Yo. fine. Because we were recording earlier this week, I just made the call after like my second book, being like, Joe, what? No backups. This week. It's fine. It. I'm ah. handling it. I can go, you know, quick as, as I can. Okay. Mr. Miracle, mm-hmm. uh, it leads to him ending up in a time loop. So everything that hmm. he's done to get through Metropolis, the reason in the Metropolis issues where the robots were chasing him and they were Kryptonian was because John sent them in to to check on the people in the in the bottle of Metropolis. And then in doing so, his mother box interpreted the Kryptonian stuff. So when he got sent out to uh, Warworld or where, wherever he is, 
right? Um, I think it's Warworld. Yeah, it's Warworld. Right? He basically ends up sending the the signal to himself to get himself. So now as the master of escape, he now has to get out of a time loop. That's just just an interesting concept, honestly. It's really cool, and it makes me interested in, you know, the series or the mini, whatever, that we're going to get with Shia Norman. I know that they said that was going to be like a new origin, but do you think that's maybe just like one part of it and the rest of it will actually be this time loop? Yeah, maybe. Because I think what hurt this a little bit is... One, it's you know, it's in this anthology of all these different stories where I'm not really especially, wanting to read them. Especially as I didn't read the second part of yeah. the of the other one, yeah. so I kind of felt like, yeah. oh, what was the point of reading yeah. this? Uh, yeah, now? but the fact that it was in order is a big problem. It was, it was you know, it was one, oh. then three, then two, then four. Well, yeah, when you're talking about a time loop, it would have been nice to have it in the order I know. that <laughs> he had it in. So then it would, you go back to one, which, real cool, excited. So then I get to the... The next one, which is the the Midnight or Future State Part Two, with Clunin and Michael W. Conrad, with you know Oming Art. The only thing I know from this is the panel I saw with what I think was Baby Midnighter saying, "Quote Shakespeare one more time, bitch." Yes. Like, like what the hell happened in this story? Yeah. So, who we thought was Apollo is that Trojan guy, you know, Andres. Trojan, you come to find out that he was like a kind of hippy dippy yoga cult kind of dude that sold out for the singularity. So he's almost like um, he's downloaded his consciousness into the internet. So now he's just kind of like a B version of Cyborg Superman, who I forget that character's name, um, Henshaw. So he's basically like a smash Elon Musk with Henshaw. And now you have Trojan. Just by everyone. And you come to find out that Midnighter has put himself in this predicament. And the person that he was talking himself or talking him him through all of this is himself. Because we already had a time loop with Mr. Miracle. Why not do another one in the story (laughs) right after it? Which was very maddening. That's an editorial oversight. Because I yes. don't blame either of those stories independently, because they they no. pitched their stories and went, "Hey, right. I'm this," but right. editorial should have stepped in. They so, they can I just swap this into the other super, or well, no, because no. Mister Merkel's on both. Uh, because put that somewhere else. Tie the War World stuff because they're <laughs> on here. Midnighter, you find out they are on the husk of War World, and that uh, Andre Sorin has used or Trojan has used it to create that Neurodonium. That's like Kryptonite Plus that we had seen in the Metropolis book. Um, and so Midnighter's basically going to stop him and that he has created a a loop of himself where he's going to go back through and almost like a video game and go through until he gets it right. And he ends up as the baby because he he initiates this drive that ends up creating the time loop. And... Trojan uses that energy. Basically, he's like, hey, I am ageless. I am information. I can, you know, where's you? And he de-ages him and re-ages him. So he ends up going from a baby to an old man to that's where he tags in his future self or his, at this point, it's timey-wimey and I can't keep track. But he sends him to another. So how this ends is with a version of Midnighter going 
to a a I'm guessing a different version of Warworld and trying to figure out how to get out of the time loop. The other part of him who I'm assuming has gotten out of the time loop, which is in the present, where I think that's where the book's going to go because we have the backup in action or Superman, has taken the basically the leftover remnants of Trojan in this metal skull, almost Brainiac-esque, and he's going to try to figure this out in the present, which is almost, you know, I know time travel enough to know that's a bad idea. You don't take tech from the future, bring it to the present. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I remember when I saw the the baby midnight, they, they mm -hmm. mentioned bootstrap paradox. So obviously that's, right. it's, you know, they caused the whole thing. It's you know, right. what came first. So presumably this is them causing it eventually. Right. Right. And so that's where we get it. So I, it's fine. Like I, it's not my jam. I only read it because I'm like, I spent full money for this book. I'm going to read at least three of the stories. <laughs> you know, like I, I honestly I felt like I got my money's worth that first one. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I did too. But when you're sitting there and it, you're like, I still have most of this book to read. That's the that's yeah. the weird thing. I would actually say anyone who's not read this this book, I would say the eight dollars that first story is worth the eight dollars. Honestly, I, I, I would agree it's worth more than that. But yeah. when it's sitting in front of me. I know, I know, I get it, I get it. I mean, yeah. honestly, sk skimming through some of this uh, as you're talking about it, obviously Mr. Miracle one, uh, I liked well enough what I read before. I have no complaints with that. But skimming through this uh, Midnighter story and then skimming through whatever this last one is that I've completely forgotten from last time. Yeah, uh, I didn't read that one. Yeah, Freezer. yeah, like now I've like I'm just looking at it and going, I am glad I didn't read this. <laughs> this would have just been a chore to get through. Honestly, thanks to this Midnight story, I'm kind of glad knowing that, okay, well, that's one backup I don't need to read in the main line. When, when it comes back, because obviously this is continuing in the oh, backups sure. of uh, action, mm -hmm. I think this one is. Um, frustrating that I'll be paying the extra yeah. dollar, but mm -hmm. also well, it'll, it'll keep my reading time down a little so, bit. So it's like, I won't feel bad about skipping it. So, yeah, it's only a few issues, though. Yeah, yeah. so I will probably read it just now out of habit, because now I, I did read it, because again, it wasn't... <laughs> I'm not... I don't have a, like... Matt has a problem. A des no, I, yes, I do. I don't have a desire to read Midnighter, but now that I've read this and it's the same team, right? I'm kind of like, okay, where is this going? And it's already going to be in the back of a book I'm already reading. Sure. So no self control. Some I know I don't. This is why I have uh, over twenty. What is it now? Twenty four boxes of comics in my garage because I I can't I can't stop. So. But when yes. Matt said he was going to go digital. I don't yeah. remember that. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> I am a liar. So you didn't read the Black Racer one then? I did not. Okay. So yeah. do you want so to read the whole book as a whole? Rating, yeah. I don't because I want to keep the 10 on World All right, War. okay. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. All right. There you go. Okay. Future State, Immortal Wonder Woman, issue two. Becky Clunan writing with Jen Bertel on the art. On the main story, at least. Obviously, uh, the backup. And, um... Michael W. Conrad writing as well. Oh, sorry, I make W. Conrad too. Uh, so, yeah, um, this is Wonder Woman at the end of the universe, basically, and uh, a little bit more about how Superman kind of died, taking uh, Dark Side <laughs> into the sun and exploded. And the sun. <laughs> and the sun, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and I, I was surprised with how much I liked the last issue of this. I think this one was still well done enough. But I, I was kind of—I left this one bit a bit more. Yeah, it was okay. Like I, I didn't I love I like it. this one more. I, you know, this is definitely the end of the DC universe. <laughs> like it's right. The end. You have hope and wrath, right? 
and and yeah. one has to outlive the other um and yeah uh it it was fine again um but i think i'm with pete on this one i think for but me it, it, what, what what it is is that i don't actually hate the concept of the idea but, but comics like to do this a lot where they'll try and do these big kind of end of the universe things or they'll, they'll try and show the and i've seen it done enough that like, it has to feel special. And I think reading this after Superman Worlds of War, where mm-hmm. it captured this aura so perfectly, this one felt like, obviously the art's very good, and it's do- doing what it's doing, but I, I felt like it, was, it-, it wasn't quite actually hitting the-, the feeling that it wanted. And I wasn't really feeling the actual weight of this is the end yeah. of everything. Uh, so, you know, and I mean, the ending's a nice touch. You know, there was Wonder, Woman, Wonder Woman essentially is the last being on in the, in the known universe, and she mm-hmm. essentially transcends <laughs> into, uh, you know. Well, I, I think the, the idea into the stars. is that there's a, a new, you know, our universe, this DC mm-hmm. universe, ends, and a new one is born after. And she is, you know, remembered as a, as a constellation, essentially. Right, which, yeah. which fits in with mythology and stuff, too, because that would, you know... Yeah. That's why they would explain the stars and the cosmos. And, and there's this implication that every constellation in our sky is is the the final remnants of a previous hero. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, like a previous universe, previous hero. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, sure. I, I did like at the end. It's it's Brainiac ship, the Spectre, in Wonder Woman. And when you when you want to read into it, if you want to look at it like a legend, right, or a myth, mm. that it it is hope or or truth, you know, wrath. And, and intellect and you know almost one of them falls before the other until all you have left is truth or hope whatever you want to call it you know and that's what gets remembered right it's the best of it not you know which, yeah. which is a nice touch but i just for for where it built to with superman and dark side and you know and then this just to become her wandering and basically fighting the langoliers you know mm. uh I, I, I was a total set yeah, it's, I, uh, again, it's it's fine. I, it's not it's, my favorite. I'll take Bartel art. It's very pretty. As, as yeah. much as they want to give it to I, us. Uh, like... I saw people are, are really angry on Twitter because at one point, I don't know if it's dialogue or narration, mm-hmm. but she she says that she you know she loved Superman, mm-hmm. and it's it's not meant in a romantic way in this issue no. very clearly, right? Yeah, I never it's, took it as romantic. No, yeah. no, it, no. And, and that was not the intent. You know, they they even you know the writers even said no, that wasn't the point. You you know, yeah, but... but it was was basically people getting angry going oh stop bringing back new 52 relationships you better not do this in your actual run i'm like what is wrong with you people do, uh, people do you suck. read this no they read something they read a blurb and then they don't get the context and it's like one woman has love for everybody that she is like the embodiment of compassion right like yeah. i don't i don't get picking that like, also yeah. uh, i enjoyed the first couple issues of Superman Wonder Woman and I kind of dig that relationship for the new 52 you know um, yeah, I, I would never want it as a long term relationship but I'm no. open to the concept of them exploring it uh, as, yeah. as being oh no we're two very similar beings yeah. that, that even, made sense yeah. to me well even I'm not even mad at Wonder Woman and Batman in those um, in the what was it was it the Batman issue or was it a Wonder Woman issue I can't remember so, uh, they that, that, that kind of originated in the Justice League cartoon right it it did, but it was that issue where he, where Wonder Woman pulls Batman into to fight, and it's like this internal battle, and they end up being in there. I think it was the King issue, where they end up having to fight, you know, and they're in there for what seems like an eternity, but it's really only a couple days. And, you know, there's like this, it ends with this, well, they, did they, didn't they, 
because Catwoman shows up at the end, you know. Um, Pete, do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Because I'm getting Connor's confused face here. I don't remember it, I'll be honest. Oh, no, it's just come back to me. I, I do remember it, because it's, it's the two-issue arc that we didn't yeah. really enjoy that much. Yeah. And but we, and we I, all felt like that King didn't really get uh, have Diana's voice down. No. Okay, so it was King. Yes. Um, yeah. Right. I like the sentiment of it, right? Because I can. that's something that I can Because it was, see, uh, it, it was Diana and Catwoman, right? For, for a part of it. Or, or, yes. No, it, 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 yeah, it was Catwoman waiting behind. Right, and it was. It, I think we had some of her narration, kind of yeah. know, dealing with the "quote unquote" jealousy, uh, and I think yes. that was part of the point of that story. But I think, yeah, we, I yeah. think we. Were, I remember feeling like the idea was fine, but none of us liked yeah. the, the voice no. for Diana. And, so, and even even something like that, where I'm like, I shouldn't enjoy it in the right hands. It's it's fine. So, I feel like sometimes people just want to get angry about stuff. Just right? for the record, the the line here is narration as superman's you know, you know fine with dark side you know it just says it was superman who loved the world even as it wasted away and i loved him all the more for it like mm. it's clearly not romantic if anything the thing that you could even if you're going to argue any of her narration is romantic sounding it's the bit that comes after where she says something to the effect of you know i you know i i, I like to think in those final moments he was thinking of me but I know that can't be true. Like, if anything, that sounds way more romantic than her saying, and I'm not saying it is, I'm not saying that's... No, but, but the thinking of me, I took as a, he did this because he was trying to preserve what was left. Right? Yeah. That's how I took it. I didn't have it think like, oh, was he thinking of Diana's? No, it was like, she's, she's all that's left, and I'm sacrificing myself so she can go right. on and, and, and then she, but she's very aware that yeah. no it wasn't about her you know right. the, the final thoughts wouldn't have been about her just because she's all that's left it was still about her right saving earth so yeah no but again uh before we went on that i just the bartell art she's real good yeah like, i can i can you know i read all of, and i didn't enjoy uh it was her and humphreys i think it was a blackbird yep it's a very weird book but the art was fantastic um so yeah it's a shame we never got any more of that um because yeah. it, it didn't like end um i remember her asking me as i'm buying a print from her it's okay if you don't like it the story kind of slow it but it picks up um it did definitely pick the life like, yeah and i was like oh, no no, no it, it, it got wild yeah it's fine you know um but yeah um just the way that she works with the colors too just like there's this almost neony pastel vibe to it that really when she gets alone in the dark it really stands out it's it's a really especially there at the end digital sheen that the mm -hmm. bartell has because obviously you know there's a lot of mm -hmm. digital artists now and yeah. some lean into that and some try and mm -hmm. make it look more traditional uh right. this is obviously more in the no this is overtly digital uh mm -hmm. sphere of things but it's uh, it's it's very it's different to a lot of the others and there's a lot mm -hmm. of bold colors and it's really striking and you know, blocks, but there are touches of blending that, that you know, make it kind of stand out differently. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to be too down on it. I just, I didn't, like, after being blown away by Superman and really loving what mm -hmm. they've done with Nick's Batman, I get it. this guy I, came in and is just, oh, this is fine. Like, I thought I, it was yeah, fine. Well, I should but, say, I, I read this before any of those books. I think this was the first thing I read this this week, just so, you know, my, my bar wasn't that high mm -hmm. yet. Perhaps. Yeah. Uh, possibly. I mean, that said, though, I think I have a very similar kind of ranking if I had read them in a different order. Uh, mm -hmm. this, this to me is like, it's very pretty, and I, I, I kind of like conceptually what it's doing, 
but I don't feel conceptually what it's doing. Does that make any yeah. sense? Yeah, no, it's... Yeah. Again, like you said, I've, I've read the story before, and it was in Thor. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, this was definitely, you know, Aaron's Thor. Uh, yeah, yeah, So, yeah, where, where, where in Thor, though, you had this build over how many issues? Uh, yeah, it was a run. Like 50. Yeah. Yeah, like, in Old King Thor and, and versus Gore, that's, and, you know... Do you know what this felt like to me? This felt like one of those 10-page stories that you get in, like, a, mm-hmm. an, an anthology, like, special yeah. or something, where... This is one room at the end of the universe for 10 pages talking to the Spectre. Yeah. Do you know what I'm going to say? It's maybe why I'm more open to it being done in a shorter format. Um, like, like, you know, as compared to like Aaron Storm, which they like say was right. a, a built to... Because this was an episode of Doctor Who as well. Like, and, you know, just one episode. Sure. And, oh, uh, no wonder I, I don't like it that too. much. But I'm like, <laughs> you know, but the idea of just, no, this is the end of the world. You know, the end of the universe. Not, not the world, right. not the, the end of the world too, but, you know, this is the end of the mm-hmm. universe. Um, yeah, it's a great couple of episodes, uh, and and the idea, you know, if, if I'm open to it, and just you know, okay, here it is in like two episodes or whatever that was. The idea of being in two issues isn't that different to me conceptually but, in my head. Doctor Who is a great example of like nice ideas and an execution that doesn't make them feel like they're as weighty as they should be. Uh, yeah, for whatever reason, I was thinking about. I think Neil Gaiman, Gaiman, how do, how do we say it? I always forget. Gaiman, yeah. when uh. When he he helped write on the show, I remember he did an interview talking about like when the TARDIS breaks down and they need parts for it, and they they're in a junkyard and it can literally be anything. And I thought about that and went, that gives me way too much anxiety to want to watch Doctor Who. Yeah, he did one episode, and I think it was the one where the TARDIS had a person. I mean, it's always had got personality, yeah. but there was a point where it was yeah. anthropomorphized and it had like an actual. Right. You know, uh, this this woman was mm-hmm. the body of the TARDIS, right. know, and, and she was there, and you know, and talking to the doctor rather than just being you know, the noises that right. it makes gotcha but yeah i just remember thinking like i don't think i can watch that show just it was a real good <laughs> too big yeah i'm sure but yeah anyways we, we rating this one yeah yeah we should matt can you go uh, i'm gonna give it a, a seven i think it's solid Connor? uh i, I really like i'm going with an 8.5 hmm? yeah i'm probably yeah, probably a seven with Matt. This is good. It's good. It's it's solid enough, but I didn't really feel much from it. So looking yeah. forward to the you know the main run from this team. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm 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 hoping that actual long form storytelling will make you know give it some of the weight that I think's missing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely I definitely yeah, like the that's... first issue more than this one because I definitely felt more positive. I think for that right. first one. The main run though is her in Valhalla, right? That's where it starts. It's uh, it's two stories. It's it's one is her in Valhalla, and the I think mm-hmm. it's the backups are her in younger days of some sort. Yeah. So, I feel like since it's gonna have a different different vibe, right? I I actually think that it, it that the uh, that book might take place after the ending of this. Yeah, you know, after the end of the universe. <laughs> Maybe what does Wonder sure. Woman do then? That potentially sounds less interesting to me, but I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll wait and see what the actual idea is. Because I'm, I'm taking that as it's a jumping point from how Metal ended. But yeah, you know? because yeah, there's no way in hell that Wonder Woman never comes back to present yeah. day continuity no. at some point. No. So it's so. obviously going to happen at some point. Yeah. yeah. But no, I'm I'm still in on that. Like that's even you know what I mean. Uh, it's Wonder Woman in Valhalla. Also, there was no way you weren't in on that. No. Also, in this <laughs> issue, points for Diana talking with Spectre. Like that's cool. I don't. You don't see that too often. So good yeah. on them for throwing that in there. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Future State Nightwing issue two, Andrew Constant. Oh, sorry. There's a backup. Sorry. Did, did <laughs> anyone read the backup? Did anyone read yeah. the backup? 
I did. <laughs> Just tell me, Matt. I want to go to bed. Real quick, Grail. Grail ends up. She's the one that pulled Nubia to her. She, you know, comes to find out that the crown that was gifted to Nubia um, is a long lost, you know, Amazonian. It's the last piece of the key, which makes her the protector of the key. Um, and she ends up, you know, transforming into a, a version of Wonder Woman. Uh, and almost like she is a representative of this group of Amazons that had created that weapon and then tried to destroy it. Um, and that her origin isn't as clear as we may, may have thought it because they they bring up how she shares a similar blood with Diana. Um, well, I mean, if you want to know more, the yes. graphic novel is out. I mean, according to these adverts, in February, mm -hmm. so very yeah. soon, if not already. So uh, a lot of fun action. Uh, I do like the character Nubia. It feels like it's playing with the whole gods and myths thing that I love in, in Wonder Woman. Um, and yeah, that, that, that's basically, basically it. Oh. Would you like to read it then? Yeah, um, I'll give this a 7.5. Yeah. Uh, I like the character well enough from that last, uh, the first part, yeah. but uh, so, so if that's many series that, you know, Stars are uh, makes its appearance that you know, yep. was announced. Then I assume miniseries. Could, assume miniseries. Could be an ongoing. Could be a digital first. Could be yep. many a thing. But uh, we know there's something coming with her later this year. Um, yep. Cool. In that case, then, Future State Nightwing issue two. Andrew Constant uh, with Nicholas Scott on the art. Uh, I thought this was better than the first issue. Uh, I thought this was incredibly forgettable to the point where I'm skimming it now and going, oh yeah, this, I read this like two days ago. I forgot what happened in the first issue because when this started, I was like, yo, when did Batman get here? <laughs> well, I remember that from the first, I remember yeah. a lot of the first issue, but I remember the so, Batman showed up. Uh, yeah, this is, this is fine. Scott's art still is not popping like I thought, like, like usual. So again, I don't know if it's the colorist or... No, not enough shots of Dick's ass is what it's, it's boiling yeah, down to, I think. That's probably... Yeah, that's it. You figured it out. Yeah. Yeah, I was more into this than the first issue. Uh, there you go. I, I think. Why, well, I, I think the relationship between Dick and Jace, because it's Jace Batman, we made that clear, it's not Bruce. Uh, yeah. Uh, who popped up last issue. And Jace wants to be helped and wants to be involved. And essentially, they've been ambushed by the magistrate who are outside and they've got their own propaganda news network there to film everything. And they're not actually broadcasting, but they're going to pretend it's live later when they've made sure that they've succeeded and killed Nightwing. Um, and I kind of like the, you know, Dick says, no, look, you you sneak out the back while I've set off, off this EMP because, uh, you know, Batman has to continue in some form. It needs a Batman. It needs Batman. Uh, and it's kind of this moment of respect. But I actually kind of, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for when characters in the DCU kind of acknowledge that Dick and Wally, but there's no Wally here, uh, the Dick is kind of like the heart and soul uh, of mm -hmm. of the superhero community. Um, so I kind of love that Batman makes the choice not to leave. He's like, no, I'm not going anywhere. Like, like you, you're important to the heroes in Gotham as Batman is to Gotham. Uh, it's a nice sentiment. So, you know, he stands off the, the, the magistrate with him. Uh, they go outside. Uh, some action. Uh, whatever exists in the Bat family right now shows up. It's an interesting mix. Uh, so Babs is mm -hmm. going by Oracle, but she has an outfit that's kind of like a mix of classic Batgirl meets... I, this feels almost like a throwaway moment, but I would not be surprised if this is the prototype for a, a costume sure. coming soon. 
Do you know what it feels like to me? The purple sort of triangle, if you want to call it that, on the, the grey is... It, Honestly, it, it's very Nightwing. Nightwing. Yeah, it almost yeah. feels yeah. like a purple Nightwing, uh, but on grey. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Plus she's got a cape and she's got kind of a classic Batgirl kind I of mask. I don't like the orange knee pads. I'll like, give you I, that. I, I appreciate that you want some colour there to break it up. I get that. But the knee pads look bulky and just awkward. I'm actually kind of... Because the, the, the page before you, it does the reveal of her and the rest of the team... The close-up, I saw the, I saw the hair and I went, oh, this is whatever Babs is now. And then obviously you mm-hmm. get to the next page. Uh, I mostly like it. I, I agree the knee, pad, knee pads are a bit over-designed. I, I kind of feel the same way, though. If you look at Tim, like his knee pads, I kind of feel the same. Like his knee pads are kind of the worst part of his outfit. They are. I think it gets away with it a little bit more in that it's still the green and red and there's mm-hmm. a lot of that on his outfit, whereas the orange on Babs is just the the belt, which is a very thin belt yeah. as well, and then the knee yeah. pads, so they feel extra clunky. It works. Do you know what? It works. If you look at there's a full page of Nightwing and Batman walking out a wee bit ago uh, in the book, and knee, Nightwing's kind of got some knee pads, but the, knee, the knee pads are kind of connected to his boots, so they, kinda, they look much better. They look like they're sort of like part of like a tall boot design. They're like shin guards. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, they're the same as like what uh, what Batwoman's got, where they just kind of go yeah. all the way up. Yeah, and I think that looks better uh, as a design. Um, I love that they've actually labelled Cass as Batgirl. I think that's fantastic. Yep. Uh, obviously, we have which, to acknowledge that Two Face is in this team. <laughs> yes. Uh, which also, flies in the face of her, her as Batgirl is not how she was described at the end of the Batgirls mm. as well, which seems like a missed opportunity, right? Because they call her Orphan. So it's like, come on. Bye-bye. Get, get it together. Are you saying that should have called a Batgirl at the end of that? Yeah. Yeah, okay, good. I mean, the, the story was called Batgirls. That's true. I'm shocked they didn't. I thought that yeah. was the whole yeah, point that's, of that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I had read this first before I had read that, and so this was kind of almost a spoiler for where that was going, and that's why no, no, I was kind of like, oh, this kind of... Yeah. Um, but but low, yeah. Low hanging for so. it. And uh, Man and Bat's there, which is cool, because obviously we've established him in Just League Dark as more of an anti-hero. Mm-hmm. Two-Face is an interesting inclusion. Maybe there's plans for him for some redemption or something. Talia ties into Catwoman a little bit, that she's kind of working with the heroes yep. in Gotham, so that makes some sense. And Huntress has obviously obviously been in the, the Grifter story. so She's, she's a wild card. And plus, yeah. plus, Huntress I... has always been associated with the Bat family. So even if she wasn't in yeah. any future state, it wouldn't be that surprising that she's here. No. Right. Also, I wonder where Damien is. Like we we got Tim, oh. we got um, we know what Red probably, up to. He's probably working the magistrate. Yeah, Peacekeeper right? one. Oh, he may be. He may be Peacekeeper one. I don't like that. Maybe a Damien. <laughs> I, I threw that out into the world, and I'm honestly, I'm right. honestly, it, it could be like a 19 year old Damien. Yeah, this, this. Yeah. I don't know what whatever year it is. Uh, work it out. <laughs> he got he got aged up too. Like like. Uh, well, he's not aged up here. It's in the future. No, but we know that that the Tynan's going to be dealing with Peacekeeper One. Oh, too. sure, true. Okay, yes. Uh, yeah, but maybe, maybe that's kind of a misdirect. That Peacekeeper One in present day is going to be fourteen. <laughs> yeah. or, or maybe Peacekeeper One is a is a title that you know Damien takes later. Ah, yeah. Maybe, maybe they move up the ranks. It's not a static true. thing. True. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe Peacekeeper One in the future is Damien, but he's not. Would also explain right. why Talia's here. Ah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Damien has been noticed notable by its, by his absence, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they show up and they they help. Uh, you know, fighting resumes and um, Dex got a, a new car, a new Nightwing car <laughs> that he wants to show yeah. off. Uh, so he rides out in that the the magistrate soldier uh, with the eye sort of thing. Uh, speeds off after, 
Uh, and we get, we get a bit of a fight scene where because she's got bionic arms, she's got uh, like mm-hmm. implanted arms, so it makes. Uh, do you know what? My only complaint about this fight scene because I do think it looks pretty good for the most part is that mm-hmm. I wish they put in some sound effects for the arms. I really, I really wanted to imagine the as the arms were going around. Is that not what like the the room is? I guess yeah, the room kind of is. I was. Expe- I think I wanted more of it though when she was actually punching them. I, yeah. I, I wanted the idea that they were struggling because our arms are like super strong, and that's yeah. why it's such a well, hard fight have, for them. We have this book in the Mortal Kombat trailer. I know. I know. Still have weird. God damn it! It's oh, actually, even I've watched it. It's, it it's, looks rad. It's all right. Like yeah, it doesn't look bad. Yeah. Uh, no, and Nicholas Gossard may not be the best example of her art, but I do think that that panel is the top half of a page where Nightwing's like electrocuting his uh his eczema sticks. I think that looks great. Uh, Wait, what'd you call him? I I noticed this as well, but I just, I was yeah. just gonna be polite and, and move no, past it. Not me. Uh, I'm sorry. I tried to call. Okay, I'm just gonna call him his batons then. All right, if you want to go do it that it, way. Eczema. 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 Yeah. Eczema. Eczema is a skin t- condition. I know that, but I yeah, just thought... But it's not like you, it's not like you call them eskrima, eczema sticks. There's not, there's not even an X in the word. No. Well, es- no, I wasn't actually trying to say yeah. eczema. I was trying to say extrema. I know. With, with, there with, you go. Yeah. But the way that you said it, though, I couldn't let it go. Just Whatever. call them as batons. Yeah. Well, I tried to do that before, and Kurt gave me shit for it. When did I give you shit? I mean, I, mean, I might uh, well have done, but I don't remember it. Oh, you did. This was like you a year what? ago or something. There goes night sticks. <laughs> nice things. I mean, with a K, of course. Yes. With a K at the start. Uh, Dick's nightsticks. Yes. Um. So anyway, uh, yeah, facing and it walks with them walking off into the morning sunlight. Uh, with the you found again, it kind of implies there's going to be a status quo where, you know, Jace is now welcoming Nightwing's network of heroes and and the say, um, oh, that was solid. I I enjoyed it. Uh, it, it's good. Yeah, uh, it was fine. I like, so like this... I said, I, I thought it was okay when I read it, but the fact that two days later I remember like none of it is really not a good sign for it. This was better than Immortal Wonder Woman. I'm I'm talking enough too that I read too much stuff this week in a short time period. <laughs> Except for Superman. Wait, Matt, are you backing him off on that? That this is better than Immortal Wonder Woman? No. Thank God. It's the same. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna what, accept that. I don't know if that's what Connor wanted, but he's only accepted it because it's, 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 it's better than than it, you know, whatever that stupid thing that came out of Pete's mouth was. I, I think it's better. Cool, I enjoyed go. it more. I, I like the, the the character beats and the, the everyone sticking up for Nightwing and showing up to save him, even though he's told everyone he tells Batman to leave. He told everyone not to show up, but they do it anyway because he's goddamn Dick Grayson. That warms You're my insane. heart. Yeah. Um. This was this was perfectly solid. Better than the first issue, more impactful, and I liked that they're setting up uh, JC's relationship with the like back characters. Uh, so digging it. Um. So yes, Matt, what are you going to rate? Who's just date Nightwing issue two? This is a seven. Connor. Uh, five point five. Such a wanker. Uh, I'm going to go with uh. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> I'll give it eight. I'll give it eight. I just, uh, I'd just like to apologize to everyone for being the only person on the show to give it the correct score. <laughs> hey, do we have to start talking about the price of chess magazines in the 1960s again? <laughs> because. No. <laughs> I'm hungry. 
<laughs> so have yes, I actually, let's, Matt. Let's, let's move on. I'm pretty hungry. Uh, yeah. Let's just say 60 cents is the correct price. That's not way to put it there. <laughs> 60 cents. I know. <laughs> I have seen. I, I saw you try to retcon your statement. I saw it. I saw your bullshit. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Future State Catwoman issue 2. Ram V. Adult Schmidt. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the train saga. Now, I will say, I think I I liked issue 1 of this more than issue 2. But that's not to say that this is this was not good or great, even. It just it, it didn't feel as special it, as issue it 1 to me. It lacked a little so, bit of the oomph, but I still think it's really yeah. great. Yes. So, I, I caught up on Catwoman. Uh, oh, good. Between oh. Saturday and now. Um, so, this definitely feels a lot in line with with now that I've read it. Um, definitely, this just feels like an interlude yeah. in Ram yeah. B's story. I, 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 assu- this... I assume you enjoyed what you read, the Catwoman. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. And uh, <laughs> it, it was worth it alone just for the tease of, of Ivy, you know? Um, no Ivy in this, though. Um, that, that said, I feel like uh, Ram B has got an Ivy story, and that's why we're doing Swamp Thing. Uh, sure. So that that's exciting, but seeing the characters show up and just her interaction with them, and seeing how they play out here uh, after catching up, which because I read this and then I caught up, I think I enjoy this more than I did had I not uh, caught up with it. Just because. Oh sure. I, I think you know. this is very accessible for anyone who hasn't been reading the yes. run, uh, as as proven by the fact that you very much enjoyed it last month. Yes. But I do but... think it is enhanced. If you are, it, it, it is because yeah. I, I went back and I before we recorded went back and you know freshened up on it and I was like oh, okay that's this character that's this one you know this is where Alleytown is in Gotham you know like you you have a little bit more awareness of everything and then now you just add the story of, of her on the train you know and yeah, to, the magistrate to get it, and to get just, back to the story on the train here like yeah you know, I, I did there was stuff in this issue that were was really good like Catwoman having this sort of like you know almost like unconscious dream of batman to wait back up when he's when she's about uh-huh. to get slapped uh, did anyone else laugh when it's just on a map here saying slap at the slap, yes <laughs> yeah underrated uh, underrated character that on a in, uh, in the hands so of someone good. like uh ram v yeah but no yeah. I, I no i loved uh like her having to crawl with him to the exit and try to see she's basically saying no I'm, I'm going to do this crazy thing where i explode my uh electromagnetic thing in my gloves because that's what Batman would do to get with this situation. He would do whatever it takes to save save whoever he's with. Uh, so, so it gave you the sense of what Batman still means to her, and that's before we actually get the reunion with Batman, which is also very sweet. And obviously, there's the great art, the, the visual of the him not going with her, and they're on the different train cars as they're separating. Uh, probably, maybe even just be the best little story beat of the whole issue. Just that that visual as as they're leaving. And- I, I, I like the the dialogue there as well. He's like, oh yeah. How will I find you? Like, just still something important. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's very sweet. Uh, everything, and it, I love how Tyler is like third wheeling, like he's like technically you know Bruce's ex, just like all right, come on guys, yeah. we we got we got we got to move on Plus here. Italian. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's all really really good stuff. Um, uh, it's it's all just okay. She's saved all the kids who were on the train. They're they're on the back two cars that they've separated, and Bruce is going to cause, cause so much chaos and escape that no one's going to care about the two missing cars. Not really. Uh, yeah. And the whole idea being that Batman lives, and that's kind of, you know, the ending is that that's been scrawled on the side of the train. Yeah. I love that graffiti on there. Because um, especially knowing the Alleytown kids, mm. you know, like, this is yeah. their neighborhood. 
and, you and know, that was such a big moment earlier in the issue as well yeah. when you know mm-hmm. Catwoman's got you know, the gun to her head executioner style mm-hmm. and then it's you know Batman lives and, and you know there's Bruce saving the day yeah, yeah. No, it's a really good moment, and I think obviously it ties in nicely because he even references Dark Detective. It's like that, you know, that's why everyone mm-hmm. thought it was dead. So you know, they're linking a little bit now, which is cool. Um, yeah. but yeah, the idea that Batman lives just being like a sort of you know, it's a very you know, no man's land. It's very Dark Knight Rises, yeah. whatever. There's all yeah. these ideas of like believing was... that Batman's still out there, kind of thing. Yeah, with with that, I was getting a lot of Batman or Dark Knight Rises vibes yeah. from this one. Like all the stuff that I do enjoy in that movie was was which here. Should be all of it. It, well, oh, it's not my favorite. As someone who you know. utterly loves that movie and defends it yeah. to death, I will say you can love almost all of it because Talia is still a bit shaky. Sure, yeah, yeah. and, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. improved in this issue. <laughs> well, true. I mean, you got Talia. I didn't even think of it on that level. There's missing Bane. You got you got all <laughs> the main players. Um, but no, just like what Batman represents and like the city coming together, you know, under under that promise of Batman. Yeah, you, know, I, you asked I, for I really Bane the, uh... on a train, you say? I just want my chair. <laughs> <laughs> I um, well, I was gonna say I really appreciate the uh, kind of the scaled back scale of the these two issues, the scope mm-hmm. of them. They're not, you know, the the biggest story ever. It's just this two issues story, this this train heist. Yeah, and it it gets in, gets out, and tells its story. But it still has a lot of, you know, wider world connections and, mm-hmm. and bearings, but it's still like a pretty self-contained little story. It's not going overboard. Like we saw in some, definitely in some of the, the stories where we kind of felt like, yeah, that you didn't really even have a two-issue story or, or alternatively, they had way too much to try and cram into two. Mm-hmm. This this was like, you know, just the right level of story for these two issues. Yeah, well, who would have thought that doing a heist with Catwoman is you know a really good story you know and then you're, you're putting it on a train throw a little snow piercer in there you know because i was getting snow piercer vibes as well maybe because when they go to watch wrestling yeah well well it's also the whole front of the train back of the train right they're working their way up <laughs> you know you gotta get rid of the two and also my well, it's Matt, the joke Matt, and then you step Matt, all over it a, tra- a train's but, a straight line you're either going from the front to the back or the back from the front there's really that's yeah, the only two choices from the back to the front yeah yeah but you guys have to over my joke i would say when i go to watch wrestling I'm uh, getting a lot of uh, Snowpiercer ads because it's on the TNT app. Right? Okay, okay. Yeah, it was incepted. Okay. Matt, exploding barbed wire death match. Yeah, I know. I... Poor <laughs> Renee. <laughs> Poor Renee. You, you talk about this next She's week. a pregnant woman. Yeah, She's yeah. a pregnant woman. She's going to have a, like, a heart attack watching that it, match. They, yeah. Anyway, yes. So wait, if it is a girl. So if she does go into labor during the barbed wire death match, the girl's name has to be Barbara, right? Is that a girl? Do we know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have okay, that. Having a, a baby girl. I, I thought it's you were funny because I thought you were confusing it with Cody's gender reveal moment. No, no, no. no. It, it, I, it's notable that all three members of the Shield have daughters, which ah. you know, go, going forward might be something <laughs> in twenty years. I'm just looking you know? at Carter's face, and all I can hear is "Hello, darkness, my." Uh, it, it is. It is two thirty a.m. Yes. Yeah, we're we're I going. Can... We're going. Doesn't sound like Otto Schmidt art, though, right? Like, oh, it's so great. Good. We're spoiled. Uh, a big selling point of this issue, Frank, because I think the the story, while really good, is is straightforward. You know, but yeah. if you don't have someone great on art selling this, the the action yeah. of this issue, which is what most of it is, then what's the right. point? In the like, and it's fun action too. Like just though, you know, you you get the the pages like, 
Um, I'm trying to get there. There's there's one with... where she's launching at the top of the page with a whip, mm -hmm. and it's going mm -hmm. all around. And yes. all these insert panels are overlapping. There are different angles. Yeah, uh, it's it's got a real kineticism to it. Do you know one of the mm -hmm. things I think makes this issue one of the best things about this issue that's separate from the first one is that the same thing we were talking about with uh, Superman Worlds of War is that the whole idea of Batman lives and the idea that Selina is trying to fight her way through these soldiers but she's weak, she's beaten down mm -hmm. and she does get grabbed and she's in this executioner style moment and she responds with Batman lives. It kind of fulfills me with the same kind of inspirational punch, not as strong obviously as that Superman issue, but the same kind of it's idea where it's the idea of Batman's inspiration on the people around him that's kind of driving her and it's yeah, that's kind of it, part of the heart of it. It's a little more personal because we know their relationship. Oh, for sure, yeah. Right? So, and, like, and it, then you have the moment that, that it just makes you laugh right afterwards of Onomatopoeia just going blam as he shoots the guy. Yeah, I love Onomatopoeia. Uh, so good. I need, I need, yeah. I need more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, Matt, what are you rating Future State Cat? Uh, this is an 8, 8.5. I'll go for it. Connor? Yeah, I'm doubling with the 8.5. Yeah, yeah. 8.5. Um, which is a slight step down from I think the nine or nine point five that I gave the first issue, but you know, yeah. hardly, hardly a complaint. Still, so oh, great. Yep, yeah. uh, man. Yeah. Between between Ramvi's Catwoman and Rorschach over the last week, I've had really good crime books. Oh yeah. So yeah. So, Batman Catwoman issue three, Tom King writing with Clayman on art. Uh, speaking of really good books, uh, uh more more good Bat Cat stuff as well. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's that's uh, interesting. A whole extra thing here. We're fully on. Helena Wayne's now a main character of this book. We were already telling a story on two fronts, right? Where we have the present and then the past and the future. But now we have an extra character in the future, right? Um, and yeah, oh man, this is the, for me, the platonic ideal of Tom King's Batman. Like, this is what I wanted him to do. Like, coming out of Sheriff of uh, Babylon. You know, and then when we got to to Batman, like it was cool that he took chances. I just didn't end up liking those chances that he took, you know, and here I feel like not that he's fixing things, but this is exactly what I want in a Batman book. And it might just be because there's not a lot of Batman in it. Weirdly, you know, like this is mainly a Catwoman story so far. Yeah, I I guess I would describe this, because I think after the first issue, I thought, oh, that was okay, but it wasn't up to the level of his other books. I think issue two and three have kind of said, nah, yes. it's kind of getting there. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. But I would sort of describe it as, like, one of his 12-issue minis meets the best parts of his Batman run. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, because, obviously, sure. Rorschach and Strange Adventures feels so different, and I think this, again, feels mm -hmm. so different, and it feels more like the best of his, his Batman run. Uh, I think Phantom, one of my favorite panels, like, I, saw, I said earlier there was a panel in Superman that was going to do my yeah. panel of the week. Uh, I may have lied, actually, because there's a panel in this that might fight for it. It's the panel where you can see Phantasm having murdered someone just in a window in the bottom half of the page. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's as uh, Helena and uh, Selena are having dinner, and they're discussing the, yep. the oh, someone found a body, this old man in Florida. It might be the Joker. Yep. Because uh, the Dex Commissioner now, but we're learning things as we go Odd, here. Odd, which I which I've never thought about before. But if we're we're peeking back into continuity, he was a cop in Bloodhaven. You know, like yeah, it makes sense. A, a little more sense than Barbara, right? And Batman Beyond. But I mean, hey, uh, we'll see. What, we'll see what he does with it. I mean, right now all we have yeah. is one one scene of it. But yeah. Uh, 
yeah, so this is this issue is framed by obviously the three different timelines at play. You've got the the the, mm-hmm. the I'll call the I'll say the oldest Selena is the present, right? And everything else is in the past, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what it okay. feels like. Okay. Uh, so present is Helena trying to bring this up to her mother, Selena, and her not seeming to care or pretending not to care. But Helena going there, and she's got her own bat outfit. She she has a you know a Batwoman outfit, I guess, for mm-hmm. lack of a better term. And mm-hmm. she she's with the, 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 the rooftop with the signal and dick, and she goes to the crime scene. And the issue ends with her saying that she didn't find any evidence because because Selena's like, hey, did you find any evidence at the crime scene? And she's like, no, but we see that she did. She's holding what looks like mm-hmm. uh, uh, either a cat hair or a needle or something. Like it's hard to tell, mm-hmm. uh, but she found something that's probably already linking it to her because Dick's still treating this like a murder and because Joker's crimes were mainly in Gotham he's he's went in and got jurisdiction so that they can investigate the crime right Uh, Right. they want to find the killer so this is about Helena at least partially hunting her own mother for the crime of killing the Joker yeah which uh, if you know anything again continuity Helena Wayne was the first huntress of course yes so you know but yeah, no, just, and then just the dynamic here with what Selena's done, right? That she had something to do with the Joker that's leading to the, the phantasm hunting her. And just the moments that we get with her and Joker are just, it's phenomenal. Like her, her showing up and attacking him uh, and him being like, oh, you didn't find the reindeers funny. And then she describes that they were people that he'd sewn antlers onto yeah, there was a, one, know, of his, one of his insane Christmas pranks, if you want to call pranks. it that, yeah. And then just, so the idea that, like, she had got whatever they had done, it was, you know, like, it, she was able to look past Joker, because we know that she doesn't like dealing with him, right? But, like, whatever it was was big enough that she decided well, to, to work with him. I mean, the gist I know? was getting, I mean, maybe there's some specific incident that they're going to get to. But yeah. right now in this issue, the, the gist I was getting is that we have the two different timelines at play in the past where mm-hmm. Selena sees this crime scene with the antlers and goes and beats mm-hmm. the show a Joker. Yeah. Uh, later, she sees Batman and Batman notices some cuts and scratches and says, oh, what happened? Yeah. I see them. You know, I'm, I'm the world's greatest detective. I noticed these things. Right. And she's like, oh, it's just a fight. Don't worry about it. You can make me feel better, though. And they have sex, right? That's the end of that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's a scene where Selena is robbing a, a safe and Joker is like hiding in the safe. And Joker's whole thing here is that he's like, I'm going to tell you something crazy I'm about to do. I'm going to like gas mm-hmm. all these people at the, I don't remember what it was, but. Uh, it was a, like a, it was a Christmas theme thing again. Uh, maybe a New Year's party or something like that. Yeah, something mm-hmm. to that effect. And she's like, why are you telling me this? And he's like, well, I'm telling you this because, you know, you were really mad about the antlers thing. So I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I didn't tell you is because you're, you're becoming part of Batman's world and. I knew it was going to be difficult for you because now you've got a choice. Do you tell Batman about the about this plan and then he'll go and save everyone? But then he's going to know that you're part of my world and that we're still kind yeah. of a thing. Uh, and I, I, you know, I, I see a lot of this book being about how Catwoman was part of the villain's world and she was fully into that world at one point and then gradually came over to being this yeah, she's... Hero, to be, being Batman's yeah. wife and so on. But yeah, but there's also a difference there that she can make that conscious decision. This isn't a a Harley Quinn thing, right? Where she just got tired yeah. of the Joker. It was like, the choice has always been Selena's. And that she chose, you know, to be the greatest cat thief, right? 
that put her on the sights of the Joker or the Joker of Batman. And now that put the sights of the Joker on her, you know? Yeah, and uh, whatever stuff she was part of, whatever she was involved in mm-hmm. uh, with Joker in the past, I think a lot of this book is about her guilt and about her dealing with whatever mm-hmm. she was involved in. Yeah. Uh, so we don't know if she will warn Batman about this upcoming thing. No. Uh, but then obviously the next part of the timeline is the part of the timeline where Phantasm is hunting down known associates of the Joker and trying to get mm-hmm. the Joker for what happened to her, for her son. And part of that is that... Uh, Joker is basically made it clear to Phantasm, or or there was a message on the body of the guy that Phantasm killed that mm-hmm. said that Batman and Catwoman have the Joker locked in a cell. It's very Hannibal Lecter. He's got this sort of clear cell in the middle of a room. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of what sets Phantasm after Catwoman, uh, which is a big part of the last half of the issue, is Phantasm showing up uh, in Selena's bedroom and attacking her. And they end up getting off the roof of Wayne Manor. It's a yeah. really uh, beautiful page and they both land there they both land there and it's uh proof that cats don't always land on their feet <laughs> yes uh, very true but but yeah um just just that scene with with her uh and it's like a voicemail from bruce and she's in bed and she's like he's like i got something that might just be a hiccup in the security system it's something that alfred would have dealt with but if you could look at it for me like i figure if anybody knows alarm systems it's you Right, and it's Phantasm that's gotten into Wayne Manor to get Selena Kyle. Like, it was kind of chilling. Like, it was very horror movie esque. Yeah, that's great. Obviously, Joker like being all contorted in the safe. That's a great <laughs> that's page. The, that's that's the Hellraiser. Yeah, thing. there's no there's no Hellraiser there for me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but... that's that's fine. I've never seen it. It lives <laughs> in my brain. But the way that that's put together with his his mouth in the shadows. As he's talking, and then it oh, yeah. reveals. Like, yeah, there's a whole. He's, the whole conversation takes place before we yeah. see what he actually looks like, because it's all uh-huh. just the, the hand sticking out of the safe, or mm-hmm. you see, like you say, you see the smell in the shadow. So it's just, it's just this like mm-hmm. Joker smile in dark and pure black, and it's really creepy. Yep. It's full on horror movie stuff. It's very creepy, and then the reveal too. And I laughed. He's wearing a money suit. Yeah, <laughs> as he's stuffed in the vault. Like this is to me, this is up there with Tom King's best, like you said, Batman stuff. But like. I don't know if I put it over the Mr. Freeze stuff just yet, but I feel like when it's all said and done, it just might be. I think what um, sticks out to me about this, going back to the whole guilt thing, it's not just even the guilt. Yeah. It's it's how much the Joker sort of latched onto or manipulated her. Because yeah. this whole idea that he waited in a vault that he knew she'd yep. break into so he could be in there to tell her this, to give her this dilemma of to whether or not she can be honest with Batman yeah. or not. And wearing this yeah. suit and it's basically pretending to be the prize in a vault. He clearly, he, he he did all this to mess with her. This is all to mess with her, because yeah. as much as he messes with Batman, he's clearly enjoying through the years messing with Selina too. And that's part of what he's enjoying doing. And yeah. I think a lot of this, you know, the reason why she killed him last issue, the years and years yeah. of abuse and torment that she's suffered from him. Um, not yeah. that Selina is always squeaky clean, guilt-free, because she, you know, she got into life no. of crime. You know, that's always who she was. But I think yeah. the Joker did a number on her over the years, and... A lot of this issue, a lot of this series, rather, is about exploring just how messed up uh, he was to her. And this is an example of that. Uh, And it comes across as just demented, what he does to her here, even though all he Mm -hmm. really does is give her this... this, It's a very Joker-esque choice. Like, he puts her in this, like, hard place Mm -hmm. where she has to either, like, ruin her image to Batman, even though Batman kind of knows full well who she is and what her past is, to a point, you know? Well, 
And it's like, so she tells him, like, I ran into the Joker, right? And he told me he was going to do this. But then it's also like, well, was Joker counting on her running and telling Batman, or is he counting on her not? And it really is a dilemma, because what do you do? Because I thought about this, and I there's no, it's a lose-lose for Selena, right? But she's going to have to buck up and pick one. Yeah. Know, well, and, actually, and to be fair, right. he does say there's a yeah. third option where Selena can try and save everyone herself, but then Batman will figure everything out. You'll find out. Right, right. <laughs> so it's a lose-lose, and it, and it does go with that torment of over the years where she finally, once Bruce is gone, she's like, I can take care of this. Yeah, and I you love know, the it, I love the pages of uh, Helena, you know, Batwoman. Uh, you know, it's, it, like, well, the, the outfit's great. I love the yellow cape. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like a Batgirl meets Batman yeah. outfit, essentially. Um, well, just the fact where you know she's talking with Selena and she's like, you know, yeah, it's the Joker, but it's still a murder. She goes, oh, it's still a murder. You sound just yeah. like your father. I've been doing it. You're just like, ugh. So I, mean, that, I mean that is good, yeah. No, I, I do love that. You just make me think of it as the as her saying she's like your father. Um, now the art is extremely excellent. The vast majority of the time, there are a couple of panels here or there uh, mm-hmm. that have some problematic stuff. Uh, there's one of I'm on it right now. Uh, so I love a lot of this page. There's a page where Helena is kind of like either jumping or gliding past the moon, mm-hmm. kind of, and it's kind of like upside down in the middle of the page. The panel at the bottom of that, where she's sort of like against the the side of a building, kind of in that classic, almost Spider-Man-esque pose. Mm-hmm. That's one of like Clayman's kind of like weirdly slutty looking poses that feel kind of unnatural. Oh, it's, it's physical, f- physically impossible. Yeah. You know, it's like one of those. Um, I will say, yeah, yeah sometimes it gets a little skeezy because there's one also of of Selena in front of the, the safe where her, her mm. butt's in full view. You know, that said, all the other stuff in this issue, I think is some of his best work that I've seen. Yeah, a lot of it's fantastic. I, and the fact is, yeah. is, there is a couple of intentionally sexy stuff just before Bruce and Selena have mm-hmm. sex, but it, it works yeah. in the context of the scene. Like, Yeah, there's, yeah that's what yeah. they're going for. Yeah, and Bruce you know? is also topless and kind of sexy as well, for the record in the scene. Bruce is jacked. <laughs> like, but but Clayman does have a history of over sexualizing and making some of the costumes feel like they're just like you know painted out of the skin. And I do, not. and yeah, I do yeah. think one or two of those examples are here in this issue. Uh, yeah. But for the most part, it does look excellent. If, like I say, yeah. that panel of Phantasm having murdered the henchman in the apartment, and it's just like through the window. Yeah. I love that. Like, Phantasm looks well, great. Well, there's that. a Christmas party going on upstairs. Yeah, yeah. That's the perfect touch yeah, to it yeah. as well, yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's, just, it's, it's real, real good. If you make me feel like I'm in rear window and I'm watching the murder from across the mm-hmm. street, rear window style, you're doing something oh, right. you don't ever sleep again. Now, this book... I mean, the issue one wasn't bad by any means, but I think issue two no. and three were really it, what I think one is over. It's rounding into shape, you could yeah. say. Uh, you know? So I'm excited. Also, the, I'm excited about it now. The, the title page that's like one of those uh, advent calendars. Each mm. title's in a different window. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm liking that. That motif is pretty cool. Uh, just the the overall Christmassy feel. Like Batman at Christmas is, is a vibe. Um, so yeah, it's just all around good. Yeah. Um, I mean, even after that advent page, there's a close up of uh almost like opening one of the advent doors yeah like, for issue three that's a neat touch um so now now wonderful uh all right 
In fact, even it's like page three is the it's like Joker in his cell, like singing and dancing. Uh, yep. It's just kind of demented. Yeah. I, also, the the borders too of all the Christmas stuff mm. in some of the pages, like they filled that native space with almost like Christmas wrapping. Yeah. You know, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah that, that's so, what she, that's when she's beating him up after the antler thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. What are you what are you rating Batman Catwoman? I'm gonna give this an eight point five. Hmm. See, I'm tempted to give it a nine, but those one or two yeah. art hiccups are making me mm-hmm. kind of think I should dock it a little. So I, I'll probably agree with the eight point five, but it it, pro- mm-hmm. it probably would have got the nine had it not been for mm-hmm. those couple of panels of like the sleazier, mm-hmm. unrealistic art. So yeah, but they are otherwise is fantastic. Like that that page of the, the first time you see Selena and Helena at the big t- table in Wayne Manor and the cat sleeping on the uh, the, the the stool, I guess. Uh, yeah. Um, like that stuff is absolutely gorgeous. Like it's just wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, great. Um, so there you go. That's about my Catwoman. Excellent. All right. Connor has a Patreon book though. He's going to talk about Severed Issue Four by Scott Snyder and an artist who I'm forgetting. There's uh, there's also Scott Tuft uh, on the writing as well, and then oh. uh, Tila Futaki is is the artist. Well, I forgot. That's, that's, a, that's a hell of a name. Yeah, I, I forgot. I forgot the second writer, uh, but that's just tough. <laughs> you know what? As soon as soon as you started that sentence, I knew where you were going. I was like, <laughs> please don't. <sighs> Nightmare. But um, yeah, this issue picks up like I think it's like the next morning uh, after the last issue. Uh, so the last issue was then. Uh, in the the apartment with the salesman, um, you know, with the the bear trap stuff. Uh, for anyone who's who's read it, that'll probably jog your memory because it was a pretty memorable issue. Uh, and this is the, the morning after, and uh, you know, you got the the two kids still, and uh, Jack wants to kind of you know go along with the salesman. Hey, you know, he's he's gonna take us to where, where he wants to go to to find his dad, and you know. Uh, that'll save us money on the train. So now, you know, all this money that we've made, we, we can kind of, you know, treat ourselves a bit. And Sam's rightfully very suspicious, kind of having none of it. But no, we should just go get the train. Uh, and and she actually uses the business card that uh, that she was given and phones the, the number, which and gets, you know, what what you know is uh, the the boss, As, you know, the salesman who he's taken, you know, the identity of uh, of a real person. Um, to get, you know, she phones this this boss, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, okay, uh, I haven't heard from him in like days. This is, uh, you know, that's weird. What's he doing out there? Um, come meet me at this place tomorrow morning." Um, she's like, "Okay, cool," and that that is a big part of the next morning is her sneaking away, and and, and you know, going to do this without letting Jack know. Uh, but before before we get to the next one, there is a a bit more that night where. You know, they have a kind of a frank conversation about all this, where you know, she's like, you know, I don't trust him. He's like, oh, we should. He's very naive, of course, um, <laughs> and very distracted by dogs, apparently. Um, They're like, oh my god, Car keeps talking. Shut up, Matt, please, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, a beautifully rendered sequence. Um, uh, on the, they're up on like the steel girders. You know, the, this build. You know, because we're in like the. the Days wherever it is, uh, and you know it's, it's this skyscraper being built, and they're on the metal frame, and it's 
absolutely gorgeous colors sunset it's this orange glow and this is jack kind of kind of making a point that no he does trust her and gives her his wallet it's like hey you know, you look after this uh, i i trust you completely on this and um you know they have this nice moment and they have you know the, this this kiss and you know the it's not quite a full page it's like two-thirds of a page but this book so rarely does these big panels. It, it tends to be fit in like, you know, eight, 10 panels on a page consistently. So this feels huge uh, in, in terms of the scale of, of what this shows. And it's, you know, there's this quite pulled back on the shot and, you know, they just have them and this, this skyline, uh, absolutely gorgeous panel. Um, but the next morning, Sam tries to sneak off, but Jack wakes up. You know, and sees him. It's just like, oh, I was actually, uh, I was just gonna go get your 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 fiddle restringed for you. I was, I was gonna, you know, give you a nice surprise and treat you. Um, so she does leave with the fiddle. Um, but of course, instead of going to the shop, she takes the, the tram all the way to the end where she was gonna meet this, uh, you know, the boss, which is out in this cabin in the woods, which very suspicious, obviously. And she gets there, and it, you know, it sounds like she's having this conversation, and. Then there's the reveal that it's it's actually a phonograph playing this recorded message, and it's like oh there there is no Granger, which is the name of the boss. You know, there's only me, and out comes the salesman in his vampiric form with the teeth out, and it's you know this really vicious struggle where she's trying to get away. It does you know a really classic thing you know her like hitting the the hand up on the the glass and the bloody handprint, but instead of just playing it like that, she's actually, you know, she's doing it that hard that she does smash the glass. And it, it not all the way through, but it, it, it shatters and has that effect. It's a little bit more visceral than I feel like you usually see um, from this this very stereotypical moment. You know, um, it gives it a bit more weight than usual. Um, but Jack's, you know, back at the, the hotel where they're staying, um, it's like, oh, you know, She's she's got all my money. I you know I just need to wait. You know the clerk's having none of it. It's like no, get out, go find it. So he goes off to the the, the violin shop. You know, see, oh, has anyone been in to restring it? And they're like, no, no one's coming all day. So uh, doesn't know where he's going. Um, but he he goes back to the, the salesman's apartment. Basically, it's like, hey, I didn't know where else to go. And oh look, he's got he's got the violin there. And he's like, no, sorry, you know, she was trying to run away with your your, your violin and your your, uh, your wallet. Uh, and I, I managed to stop her. I managed to get the violin off her. And, you know, I, I bought it off her because she'll get more money from it from me than she would selling it on the street. But she had us all fooled. And that's, you know, the end of the issue is this really creepy bit, of, you know, of him. You know, it's, again, a full-page splash this time. Him with, you know, hand on the shoulder, going, oh, we've got a big journey ahead of us. And, you know, his only friend in the world is, is now gone. And, you know, all, all his protection is gone. It's just a matter of time now. It feels until he's eaten. Um, that, that's that's what you know. That, that's the feeling it wants to give you. It's it's so foreboding in this final moment where it just feels inevitable. Um, really wonderful art that sells this. Um, no, it's a, a great issue. Uh, you know, where again, this is the first proper look we've had at salesman and his vampire form in, in, a, in a few issues time. Uh, it's still really creepy. As I, said, I really like how it sells the the visceral horror and above and beyond the the typical way that these moments are done. Um, yeah, this is like a eight point five. Okay, there you go. 
That'll take us out of the part of the show. We pick our favourite stuff of the week, favourite panel slash moment, favourite cover, favourite art, and top five books. Matt Smirkin, don't know what Matt Smirkin about. I, I, I saw a meme that was about the, the new show that dropped today. I don't want to say anything. You can say, you can say it's one division. You don't have to. Yeah, <laughs> but still, I don't, I don't, in case I slip, mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I don't want to, yes. but it did. For anyone who's not watched one division this week yet, there is a mid credit scene this week. There, so. there is, and it's, it's pretty important. Just so you don't miss it, just in case you've not watched it. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, so best panel slash moment, Matt. Oh, man, I'm going to take uh, one from Superman Worlds of War, but it's going to be that the whole page of when the kids find the, the rocket ship. Oh, sure. Because that, that hit that sense of wonder and awe in a way that I haven't felt in a comic in a very long time. Uh, and yeah. All right, Connor? It would be really easy to pick something from Superman. Mm-hmm. He's going with the mortal Wonder Woman, not just to spite us. No, no. I, I, honestly, I'm playing into my own character at this point and going with the Ram B book to get three for three, because. But there is a moment in there that I loved, um, that you know, really made me laugh, and it is it is on a map here, just doing the slap, because that like got an, a a physical laugh out loud out of me when I read that, and yes. that is so rare. Uh, but again, like in, in the same way that you know I, I talked about in Superman, the. Uh, the tendon being slashed got a physical yeah. like wince out of me. Uh, so rare to get any comic get a physical reaction out of me, but two in one mm-hmm. week. Oh man, being spoiled. All right, now I did spoil what my pick was going to be in Superman. Although I'd forgotten there was a panel in Batman Catwoman that might equally kind of take it. I'm still going to give it to that Superman moment, which is Superman in the chains, yeah. Mongol walking away because the shadowing. The point that it's just been made and Mongol kind of walking off, and even though he's not, even though Superman's the one chained up, Mongol feels like he just lost, and it's a beautiful mm-hmm. moment. Uh, but that 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 page in Batman Catwoman with Phantasm murdering the dude in the window with the party going up above is very close to taking it as well. I want to make that very clear. All right, uh, cover of the week. We'll move on to. Uh, actually, there's a lot of good covers this week because I was looking. And mm-hmm. um, so I'm torn between the main Batman Catwoman cover, the main next Batman cover, the variant for Future State Nightwing, with Nicholas Scott one, that's a close-up mm-hmm. of Nightwing with the uh, the electricity and all that. Yeah, um, that one's pretty cool. Um, uh, the variant for Superman, Worlds of War, uh, yeah. is really phenomenal. And then I think the regular cover for Catwoman, which is the Liam Sharp one yeah. with all the neon colors so many good covers uh, like a movie poster yeah there's a lot to choose from here and it's funny because i i thought i'm tempted to go nightwing but i think i have to go with the catwoman one i think that liam sharp cover is just too good so it, it looks like a blade runner poster it does it? that's what it looks like it is gorgeous um and maybe like next Batman's third or whatever I don't know. But uh, there you go. I just want to say <laughs> the uh, the variant cover for next Batman I think is very lazy. It's uh it's Jim Lee recreating the uh the, the you know the big iconic you know I think there's a hush cover. Oh sure, um, yes. But just with Jace instead. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's boring. And, and I, I I I'm not even sure how much he's re- redrawn the entire thing or if he's just <laughs> hey kinda... he has co-publishing to handle. If he's just made some alterations, he's, he's, he's a busy. He's a busy. Oh wait, he has publishing to handle now. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, 
I do think the main cover for that book is really good, though. With the, him sitting there with the, the, the cowl and the, the big purple light mm-hmm. with the signal behind him. I think that looks really yeah, good. it is mm-hmm. nice. That's cool. Uh, Matt, uh, your pick? So, since someone picked it, I'm going with Batman Catwoman. There you go. The main cover. We got Phantasm and Catwoman mm-hmm. in, the, in the reflection of the scythe. Yep. It stands out. Uh, did you pick one, Clara? No, I think I'm going to go with the uh, Superman Worlds of War variant, which I think is uh, Federici. Yeah. Um, and if people like that art, uh, Federici was the artist on Philip uh, Kennedy Johnson's uh, kind of fantasy epic, uh, Last God, uh, which was obviously part of the Black Label stuff. So worth checking out if you're interested in that. Hmm. All right. Uh, best art of the week, Connor. Um gonna give this to superman uh worlds of war yanin and uh, bella absolutely killed it matt oh oh it's a toss-up do i want to give it to, to worlds of war or do i want to give it to catwoman uh i'll just go with worlds of war you know it's a hell of a good week for art when bartell is my third choice yeah yeah there's, okay, there's a lot of good art this week. Uh, I mean, Clayman has a couple of problematic panels, but it's still generally fantastic. But it's, it's really good, yeah. but is it Otto Schmidt Catwoman? Uh, World I, of War Janin? I, I yeah. may put it above Otto Schmidt Catwoman. I don't say that lately. Okay. <laughs> I don't say that I, lately. I can tell. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Superman, but it, 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 I, had to, I had to really think about it. <laughs> That's yeah, really some real high highs this week, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, so there's that. So top five books then. All right, Matt, do the honors. Uh, number one is Worlds of War. Number two, or I should say Superman World War. Number two is Catwoman. Number three is Batman Catwoman. Number four is... Now I can't remember how I graded these. Um... Every time. <laughs> number, number four is next batman number five is immortal wonder woman i think cool. sure all right connor uh i mean superman worlds of war obviously um and then i will probably go with catwoman then immortal wonder woman then next batman cool uh number one for me superman worlds of war uh no surprise that that's the clean sweep uh I mean, how often nope. do we all three of us give it something a 10? I mean... And Doomsday <laughs> Clock. Yeah, I was going to say, probably yeah. not since Doomsday Clock. Yeah. Uh, so that's number one. Number two for me is probably... Batman Catwoman. Then number three, Catwoman. Number four... Uh, next Batman. Number five, Nightwing. I think. Yeah. There you go. So cool. Uh... Yeah, so Mortal Wonder Woman was the weakest thing I read this week. <laughs> same oh, Matt, Mike, Mike, oh my Jeez. god. <laughs> I'm traumatized after that. I am sorry. <laughs> you should be. Uh, uh, what was your point, Matt, you wanted to make? I was going to say that that's where, you know, Nightwing was, was for me. So it was the one I had to leave off. I'm fine with that. It's just an icon. Hmm. Uh, I've no quarrel with you, Matt. That's not this I mean, quarrel. You know, Ant doesn't have a quarrel with a boot either. So, 
Maybe that was Nicholas J. Theory. Are you making yourself the ant in this analogy here? I don't know. I'm hungry. <laughs> I mean, I'm taller. True, but so. I mean, so is everybody. <laughs> if you sit up right now. Yeah. Oh dear. All right, I'll tell you guys what's coming next week from DC Comics, shall I? Uh, so next week's sh- well, uh, not all next week's show because some of these we won't cover. But uh, what's out next week from DC Comics is Future State Dark Detective issue four, uh, Batman White Knight presents Harley Quinn issue five, Future State Batman Superman issue two, Batman Black and White issue three, Future State Suicide Squad issue two, Future State Superman versus Imperious Lex issue two, Future State Superman House of L issue one, which is honestly I'm glad that's out because I think that instantly just became the most interesting Future State it's, book it's next week. Kind of a not a bad week, but there's nothing I'm really excited for except that. Uh, Future State Aquaman issue 2. Generations Forged issue 1, so the wrap-up of that bad boy. Uh, not doing that. Is I'll tell you out. that much right now. And then Future State Legion of Superheroes issue 2 runs out the the week. Mm-hmm. So, I, I do think that House of L is there to kind of save a kind of lackluster week overall. Based yeah, on... Dark, Dark Detective is probably going to be okay especially you know we got the the red hood back up i mean no, i mean yeah I, I, i've enjoyed dark detective but week four last month was notably kind of the the, the hell week oh the hell week the hell week was week three because that was, was the, that was the week we had 14 issues worth to read uh week four was just the the uninteresting one where the books weren't as good for the most part uh so again not, not every single one but just overall that was more of the general feeling so uh, i'm glad house of l is there to Space it up a little bit. End future state with a bit of a bang. Hopefully. Yeah. Although so, te- technically, Imperious likes issue three in another month's time is the end of future state. But you know. I mean, technically, there's future state ongoing books happening. So I mean, that's true. Yeah. I meant just these these future state two months before we get back to real. Yes. But that one's interesting because it was actually in the announcements and was in these solicits with these. But it just happened to have that third issue that just yeah is lingering. So I, I just clicked on the House of L mm-hmm. and a lot of the stuff there I was not expecting. I'm glad that. It, kind of came as a surprise okay. but um already uh johnson's becoming one of my favorites just based off of this here you got oh wait is that blue lanterns and tamaranians mixed in with superman yeah is that lana like, with like a like a steel type suit on i i don't know if, if you want i'll just read it real quick i don't have to i just i just i don't the cover i think that's the tamaranian isn't it is it no the tamaranian's on the uh on superman's right oh, yeah. oh I see. Yeah. yeah yeah it looks like starfire but um, but yeah, you, you got a, a twins. Uh, one of them, one of them is a, uh, a Superman of Earth. The other is a Blue Lantern. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you got some barbarian-looking dude. You got someone looking like uh, like Connor. It kind of makes me worry that his powers have run out. I'm raining in there, so should and be. That, the variant cover for that is. Rather pretty as well. Let's see what that is. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. Old man Superman with uh, the more regal cape yes, standing yeah, up though. against the. Yeah, I feel I'm like not... that's that's the one next week, isn't yeah. it? This, this I, I'm right. not mad at this paquette. Uh, that paquette one's fine, perfectly fine, but that variant is gorgeous. Cool. So there you go. That's what's coming next week. So. Not forged. Good, 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 good. Uh, and that is a seven dollar book, by the way, with a forty eight page count. Yeah. So that's a bit bigger. Well, I'm actually kind of glad to be honest, because I'm like, it seems like it is all the same it's writer. So six dollars. Yeah. 
Six. It's six, and it's the same uh, writer and artist. Oh, apologies. Six, I'm looking at the cardstock uh, variant, which is a dollar yes. more expensive. Uh, forgive me, also, dear. Uh, all right. There you go. That is uh that is basically us. I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Bordnow, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. Uh, they are patrons at twenty dollars or more, which is why they are producers. Uh, you can support us for as little as one dollar per month at Patreon.com/slash/MailFuzzTV, and at the five dollar tier in particular, you get uh, early access to the show. You get it a day early, um, and previously in the multiverse, uh, which is now back, you get a month early. So that's actually been back for a few weeks now, but no one. I, I think the first one should be going public fairly soon. Relatively soon. Uh, it'll be late next week. There you go. I think. I'll double check, but I think it's late next week. Uh, so look forward to to that. Uh, but yeah, so if you know what previously the multiverse says, it's me and Connor working through old DC runs. Uh, so, but you know, obviously, mo- mostly weekly. We take the odd week off if needs be. If we don't have time to record one, but. Uh, so we were working through post-crisis Batman and a bunch of other stuff uh, of interest. So check it out. It's on, it's on the same feed, audio version-wise. Um, there's no full YouTube version, but if you go to the comics from the Multiverse YouTube channel, which is all the, the cop version of the show, where all the individual reviews, uh, that's where they'll be going up in video form. Uh, if you want to just sort of keep track of one of those series. But uh, there you go. Uh, that is that. Uh, and obviously, if you can support us by liking, subscribing, commenting, all these things really help the YouTube algorithm. Uh, so please do uh, some, if not all of those things, because they help us uh, find more people and be more successful. Uh, same mm-hmm. with rating the show on your podcast uh, platform of choice. If you're on iTunes, say, give us five stars and a review. That helps us out a bunch. You can share us on social media. Uh, speaking of social media, you can get us at DC Comics Podcast, uh, where you can ask questions, get updates, all that sort of stuff. Uh, so that is us uh, with Matt's dogs just one last time yeah. before we wrap couldn't, up the couldn't. show make it no idea they're barking at that ghost or it's a banshee i'm doomed either way uh, i might not be here next week uh there uh so there you go that is the show that has been uh, cuts from multiverse episode 241 and i'll just remind you again once before we leave that coming up for episode 250 there will be a vote for the top 50 dc characters of all time uh which we will do a special revealing those results around episode 250 so uh Please do uh, keep that in mind. Maybe start thinking about it. Uh, the forms to send those in will be up in a week or two's time. So, uh, you know, maybe start start the brainstorming. But that is us. So uh, thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics. And remember to never get lost in the Speed Force.